Hello there. Welcome to the Heavy Hole. I'm Tom. I'm Justin. And I'm Big Will, a.k.a. Uncle Buck. And tonight we have a very special Record Store Day-themed episode. Uh, In-studio guest tonight is Tim, the local businessman behind the Record Reserve Record Store Northport. How you doing, Tim? Great. Thanks for having me down. Yeah, yeah man. We really appreciate you coming down and uh, taking the time out. I know you're busy, man. Yeah, yeah I'm, I'm psyched, man. Yeah, so uh, just uh, jumping right in, man. Are, are you originally from Long Island? I am, yep. yep. Far- Farmingdale. Oh, okay, man. Cool, man. And... Uh, you growing up like uh, how does music come in? are you from a musical family or you, you uh um yeah sort of i was forced into taking piano lessons when i was seven <laughs> years old uh, okay and, I, and I, they made me practice an hour a day okay on the, on the piano right. so i've got all this like bach beethoven in my mind just kind of naturally do you so, still like, play yeah a little bit not you know i just kind of do some banging around on the piano <laughs> but uh yeah i mean like i'm like classically trained on the piano and that 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 kind of put the bug in my head and so i'm always hearing music where wherever i am you know just wow it's it's in there <laughs> all right man so so where did where did things take a turn for the for the rock and roll and and metal uh type of music is is that earlier on in life or not till later uh, junior high school my mom bought me like a synthesizer for jazz band and then all of a sudden i went from like getting beat up and picked on to like wow look at this guy he's like herbie hancock or something he's, like, <laughs> awesome. he's cool and i got a little respect and then i don't know maybe like two years later my cousin who was a guitarist is a guitarist he uh he turned me on to guitars so i was like oh this is easy you know let's put your finger on it and you know so. well you're also you're already like a classically trained uh pianist yeah so, so. i had you know i had no music theory sort of you know i know how you're supposed to put notes together and stuff so okay you know, man so right. the guitar was like i mean this is this is even more cooler than a synthesizer <laughs> <laughs> so uh after that do you start getting into uh um like metal or rock and roll uh more like in high school or you know when well, you're like a teenager in junior high i was turned on to rush by a couple of my friends mm-hmm. and, and in high school i was in like sort of a rush tribute sort of thing Wow, okay, man. And so, you know, it was like Alex Lifeson was like a big, you know, thing, influence on me. Yeah, and, yeah. And, uh, you know, I was still into the Beatles and Kinks, stuff like that, and, you know, guitar kind of rock. And um, were you in any, any bands that um, that recorded or gigged before uh, your, your band Smut that we're going to we're gonna talk not, a lot about? Not really, no. More just kind of, you know just figuring stuff out you know Jamming. in bedroom jams and stuff like that working okay, on man. chops all right man yeah. I, I i gave a little um a, you know a little foreshadowing man we do want to talk about smut and we are going to play some uh some music from from the the smut recording later man but the, you got to stay tuned for that man there's a lot to work through we want to pick tim's brain um now here's here's a real important question do you remember the first vinyl record that you ever like bought the first one that you owned that was yours i like the tell people it was kiss rock and roll over <laughs> and when, when it came out my neighbor took me to the mall to the whitman mall it was uh um, okay sam goody goody got it 76 or 7 i think something like that i had just moved to huntington actually and he went right up to the rack he he knew it was coming out and he grabbed it and i'm like okay i did, did the same thing i never even knew what <laughs> kiss was <laughs> You know, and so that's—I'd say that's like the first record I bought, like intentionally. All right, man, good yeah. one, man. Yeah, it's, it's a lot of people we interview. It's always Kiss right in the beginning, man. Love yeah. Kiss. 
Yeah, man. And um, my my follow up question to that was going to be about like local record stores while you were growing up that were important to you. Was there anything yeah. besides the Sam Goody there? Uh, there was Titus Oaks. Okay. You know, um, it was next to Sam Ash where Murphy's is right now. That little strip. Oh right, right. Over yeah, Chipotle's. Yeah. 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 Basically yeah. across the street from uh, yeah. from the Walt Whitman Mall, kind of. Right, right. Like the the yeah, um, was still walkable south from end my of house. So yeah. I would go down there and get what I could afford for $4 or whatever it was back then. Yeah, yeah, man. It was like wow. the mid, early 80s, I guess, 81, something like that. So we're, so back then it was pretty much just like vinyl and cassettes were coming out? Yeah. yeah. Uh, when when did compact, compact discs really start coming on the scene, like, in, for to your recollection? The first I heard about them was maybe in like 87, but but it was more like a weird luxury thing then, right? Like, or they, I was, they were... yeah, I was just not into the scene at all as far as CDs. And yeah. couldn't afford, I know the price looked stupid, and like I love albums, and I always knew they would come back. You know, it was like <laughs> I was like, why why are they changing it? This sucks. You know? and, and here and here you are, the proprietor of a record store, man. I love it. That's great, man. So. Um, when when do you start like dealing in in vinyl is like is is it early on in life like you know when you're a young man that that the vinyl trade kind of gets you and you start collecting a lot of records or does that happen later on uh, as far as the store goes well know, I, like, I, I don't necessarily mean opening up the store but just kind of collecting vinyl and having a lot you know coming and going out of your collection I mean, maybe that's, selling that's it. what everybody pretty much listened you know that was the media so, so it was kind of like just that, that's the, the culture you come from. In the 80s. Yeah, right. I mean, yeah. It, was just, it wasn't a conscious thing. It just mm -hmm. because everyone yeah, you're hanging out with is doing it. Well, know? yeah, it's the only way to buy an album was an album or the cassette. Right. Like into the 90s, I started buying cassettes because they were cheaper. Right. And mm -hmm. they didn't have a CD player mm -hmm. until like 1992 or three. Well, so so let me put it this way then. Before you open up the record reserve store, are you dealing in vinyl like online no, and stuff like that, not, or trade shows? No, or? no. So I mean, I don't. Just, I'm I'm still like uh, just a collector. I mean, it's like <laughs> okay. I think of it as a hobby. I'm not really making any money at it. Yeah, you know, yeah. the store just kind of supports itself, but there's nothing really extra out okay. of it. So, like, I'm still just just a record buyer. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I love it, man. It's great. It's passion stuff, you know? Like, a lot of people, everyone we talk to down here, it's all death metal grindcore. You know, it all comes from the same thing. You do what you love. You know? Right, right. Yeah, I mean, there's stores out there where I know that it's just, it's just a business. Right. You mm -hmm. know, when you hear about people that collect records, but they don't have a record player, you know, it's like... <laughs> yeah, that's a little weird. You know what I'm saying? I mean, I'm guilty of not having a CD player at the moment, but, uh, you know, here I am. That's different. <laughs> we don't need that anyway. Yeah, man. I we mean, gotta I, play the smut CD somehow. No, no. I, I actually uh, will. Will uh, we figured that out? <laughs> I, I have it. And I have a, a digital format through Will. It's not on the internet. Don't worry about yeah, it. Yeah, I'm okay. very proud of this. I <clears throat> was able to rip a CD, put it in a zip file, and attach it to an email to Tom. That's a huge high tech Dude, thing for amazing. me. That's like Dude, amazing. that's like one <laughs> small step for Will, one huge step for the heavy hole podcast. Oh my God, the fact yeah. that I did that. And I realized I was like I could have been doing this for years and sending music to different people for whatever. But the anyway, possibilities now, man. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> next next week I'll be on like uh you know, I'll have an email address or something crazy <laughs> or I'll, you know, who knows, I'll print something out, you know. I might surprise <laughs> you. But getting back to uh the record reserve. So um, you're a collector, you know, just like a, a lot of us are, are collectors, but you took it to this level. I mean, I've, I know I've fantasized about opening my own record store and, you know, being Ducky from mm. Pretty in Pink running around listening to my music and singing and stuff. But, you know, everybody everybody else, you know, nobody else really, like, uh, achieves that. So what was what were the challenges you had to face opening up your, your store? 
learning about the the particulars, like the um, technical stuff about you know what makes a record valuable or desirable. I I think when I first opened, I was giving away stuff that I, you know I didn't know what a <laughs> promo was. I didn't know what a matrix number. You know, it was like I kind of learned as I went, and mm. you know that that was the challenge to me. It's like to, you know to learn more about it. Like about the, on. the pressings and exactly, stuff like that. Exactly, yeah. Yeah, there was, you know, I'm still learning about stuff. Yeah, newsflash. The Dark Side of the Moon that you picked up at Urban Outfitters isn't worth anything. <laughs> 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 yeah, well, I mean, that's that's something, too, is that uh, one of the reasons I asked um, if you were dealing in vinyl prior to opening up the store is, you you know, to open up a record store, you have to accumulate a lot of stock, right, for that That was a day. mistake. Yeah, I used, like... <laughs> I used half of my collection, which was like about 700 records. And it was like, what is this guy doing? You're walking into the shop with all these empty, you know, looked like I was going out of business when I was just starting. <laughs> you know, so. and, was, and was that the place that was like right next door to the, the skate shop yeah, by the cemetery yeah, there in Northport? The yeah. Uh, yeah, I remember that. Yeah. And there was like Monster Energy drink people handing stuff out on record store yeah. day or something one year. Yeah, yeah. that was, that was yeah. what, do you remember what year that was that you opened up in there? Um, 2011. 2011, and yeah. then the next location was the one that was right next door, actually. Oh, okay, all right. You might right. not have known the first little shop on the left, which is um, the tattoo shop now. Okay, she's man. She's been there a long time. I was in one of those. I don't remember if it was the Probably left or the right. Probably one in the right one, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that was the skate shop. And then you go down the street to Larkfield Road by the vacuum cleaner store. Yeah. And that yeah. was a few, but there was like a fire, right? Yeah, After that was a few blaze. years there. Yep, yep. And now it your final location out. is is uh, the one on Main Street that we mentioned. Is that correct? Then I moved to Kings Park after the oh, fire. Oh, okay, okay. I, I never got around to the Kings Park store. That's right, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah I, I was there I was about four years. Drinking. It's It was bad. But uh, <laughs> I think I was too. Yeah, <laughs> but uh, but um, but now you're on Main Street. You got that great location there, man. But um, I, you know, getting back to when you first opened up, though, yeah, I remember you had kind of like a small amount of stock, and then going right. forward, how do you accumulate your stock? Do you it like just happens? Like you just put the word out. I have an ad in the paper. You know, mm -hmm. we buy records, and you get all kinds of people coming down with collections. Usually, it's you know. You know, people like in their 60s and their parents have just passed because they're like 90 something years old. And yeah. You get yeah. these giant collections of like, you know, well, the Herb, Herb, Herb Albert. Yeah, Herb Albert yeah. and Perry Como. But, Mitch you know, Miller's. Yep. Yep. Oh my God! Yeah, I, golden you know, oldies. I, I, for, I, I was really big. I would go to the thrift stores and look through the, the bins of records. I would take hours, man, for a few years there, and I got out of it because, yeah, like everything. You, Mitch Miller, Perry Cuomo, Herb yeah. Albert. Yeah, it's just all over and over and over again. There's only so much you could take. My Fair Lady and all that stuff. Right? Yeah. Man Grease of La Mancha. Yeah. So, so what, yeah, yeah, you're, dude, it's all those. What happens to all those records where there's like a hundred Perry Cuomos and a like? Well, yeah, I just did a curb alert. You know, I just yeah. uh, got lucky and found this place out in Bayport that um, someone, it was like a junk antique shop on Mont Montauk Highway, and he had just bought it from somebody, like, the day before. Because, mm -hmm. um, like, the previous owner just kind of was like, yeah, I can't do this anymore. So he had the whole, you know, truckload of records for, like, 20 bucks. He's like, he just wanted to reclaim space. And yeah. so I got, you know, I got a lot of records for that, and... Two thirds of them ended up in the trash. <laughs> Did a curb alert, you know, on Instagram, yeah. and you know somebody came down in a jeep 
took them all. So it's kind of so you they know, just they keep just flow. You know? Oh my god! <laughs> and then some guy at the end just has a hundred Perry Cuomo and yeah, Metal exactly. Mancha records. Yeah, and he yeah. loves it, and he loves yeah, it too. Yeah. He can't get it off. <laughs> he's using them to like do, redo the siding of his house. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's melting them down. <laughs> uh, they got to be worth something. Somebody out there is making like a, a, a you know a cent for every few records melting down vinyl somewhere. Yeah, I think they're worth right. like eight cents, like a melt value or something. I good to know. Good yeah, to know. I don't. Right. It, it makes no sense. Though. Still make those like bowls out of them and put them in uh, on their Etsy shops and, you know right. coasters why not well that's something it might still be for sale I don't know if it was on Etsy but some uh, girl a few years ago bought the limited edition buckshot facelift record with the etched artwork on it and made a clock she out made it a clock yes yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah I sold her that record yeah man yeah, I, I, it but might hey, still be available you know, however you could sell them it's fine no, no yeah I mean we went to the trouble of getting etched artwork on it so might as well yeah. use it for a clock I'm not offended man I thought that was brilliant <laughs> I was like we should Buck be making time. these clocks this girl's paying her bills with a clock no they're the perfect shape yeah, you know? yeah exactly yeah come on so I mean, what about um? You know, you just saw you, you just said like this truckload of records. Like, what's some of the like the coolest rare finds? You had to have found like a couple of those like little holy grail things through the years, right? Had one Beatles butcher come in a second state where you could see it through the paste over. They're like sitting on a trunk. Yesterday and today, the Beatles. Okay. Yeah, and the butcher album is like the artwork is underneath it because it was at the time that the album was too shocking with all the, the dead babies and the, and the yeah, yeah. butcher meat and stuff. So mm. they were like, nope. They <laughs> <So we> pulled <laughs> it and I got one of those in once. Wow. All Did right. the uh, person um, know what they had? No, no. He was not a music person. A lot of these people are just throwing the records away right you know mm -hmm. so you know i gave him decent money for it I yeah you don't want to rip i, I need off, to sleep at night yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly <laughs> sometimes that, you're in a situation right. where it's like okay this is fair for both of us right right you know? i i had a similar situation um quick shout to the uh the brothers grim store in selden they, they specialize in like world of warcraft and dungeons and dragons and tabletop gaming and online gaming and stuff and i i got rid of a, a bunch of my old magic the gathering cards and I had a similar thing. Like, I had two cards. I didn't realize that the guy was like, no, these are actually worth something. You know, he gave me a fair deal on it. I looked it up a little bit later, man. So, so you know, that's sim similar thing, man. Because sometimes, you know, if you don't know about it, you don't you don't know if someone's ripping you off. Or it kind of goes both ways, you know? too. Like, I'll get a big collection, and I'll look through it, and then I'll finally get around to looking the record up on Discogs or whatever. I'm like, oh, my God. You yeah. Know, it's like, yeah. yeah. Well, I don't believe it was worth that much. Like, Bruce Springsteen, The Rising. You know, it's like a 2001, you know, CD era kind of record, and it turned out it was worth like 200 and something dollars. So, you know, that's that's what keeps the shop going, and stuff yeah. like that. Yeah. You know? Right. Hmm. Is is that a, is that a common thing? Like um, things you wouldn't expect from like the the night the late 90s and 2000s when yeah. they weren't pressing a lot of vinyl yeah, that actually yeah. Wow, that that's yeah, interesting because the, the numbers are so low on the production. Yeah, in the late 90s, right. nobody was thinking about pressing vinyl. Yeah, anything so. from like 88 really on to like you know. And then when the indie rock kind of kicked in in the 2000s, then you saw more vinyl being, you know, starting to be produced. Well, I never realized that. That's something, because you always think about valuable vinyl being, like, older from the, you know. Yeah, it could be, too. You know, of course, yeah. but, you know, you never think about, it says, you know, 97 on it, and it could actually be worth, or 2001, like right. you said, with that Bruce Springsteen. Yeah. All right, man, that's cool, man. And and what about people just getting rid of uh, vinyl because the, the you know, they, they think the format's dead, and, and you know, it's like, is that is that still kind of common? Do people just not see it, you know, as, as a viable format, and they just come in here, I got these records, man, like, people don't even realize there's any value in them, or... Like, I think what you're trying to get at is people who like 
don't like records they like their cds better yeah 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 there's, there's some of that yeah man i'm just curious because like you know you see people get rid of these big collections and it's like you don't you don't realize you know your, your kid be sitting on on gold or something i don't know man it's just what what i see man but um I, you know, well, I get, it takes time this even if you were gonna list them on ebay yeah you yeah know, yeah you have to you have to know what you're doing as far as grading and what pressing it is and that you know that it's just out of the realm of most people you know who who think you know they they couldn't you know get more than like ten dollars a record or something like that yeah yeah which is probably fairly rare have, right yeah and then you yeah. have to you know ship it correctly you have to buy the record mailers and you know. Yeah, so, it sounds like a pain. It's a real science behind it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. That's true what they say if you watch, you know, like porn stars or, you know, uh, any of those kind of shows. Mm -hmm. It's like it's going to sit in the shop. Mm -hmm. You know, when they, they always say like with Chumley, oh, we got to get it framed. And, you know, we, it's going to hang in the shop. And yeah, sometimes it takes five years to sell a certain right. record. Right. And I got stuff that, you know, that's been sitting there for like eight years now. Mm -hmm. You know, yeah. so. Bucks, Buckshot facelift records. <laughs> Oops. <laughs> Go buy them. Go buy them, please. <laughs> um, well, you know, I mean, that's. That's interesting, too, because a lot of people say, you know, like, oh, you know, I'm just going to wait. I'm going to sell these on eBay. And, you know, the guy yeah. at the record store is not going to give me the right price. But they don't realize that, you know, you're you're taking a, you're giving them a, a lot of convenience. You know what I mean? You're you know, because because it's like you said, you would have to research, do a lot of research, right. figure out how to mail it. See if somebody on, on eBay is going to buy it and Hope how long you're going to have to wait. Right. Yeah. There's, so there's a you know, there's a lot to that, man. I get it. Yeah. And, and it's a, it's, you know, it's a lot of work and a lot of time and. You know, I, I try to be fair, as fair as I can, mm -hmm. as, you know, as far as, you know, what kind of return I could get on, on the record, and, you know, I'm not going to give fi people 50 cents. Yeah, you know? <laughs> yeah, of course, of course, and you I know? mean, as, you know, you have, you've always been fair with, um, with me and, and uh, Adam and other, other artists I know who, you know, you've, you've, you've tried to carry local musicians as much as you can. And, yeah, uh, I never you know, turn we, anybody away. Yeah, no, we appreciate that, man. And, uh, you know, again, we just encourage anyone who's in the area on Long Island to stop into the Record Reserve in Northport. There's a metal section, a punk section. There's lots of uh, different DVDs and used CDs and cassettes. There's a lot of little stuff floating around on the walls that you really got to look track. at. Yeah, eight track. If, if that's, I mean, I, I feel like in a few years that's what the kids are going to resort to because there's going to be nothing left that's you know different and, and weird to get into. You know, yeah, what I, I, mean? have a, I have a friend, the drummer, you know, played with the Skull, Sean. He makes his own eight tracks. He has <laughs> a couple of units Amazing. that record. He will record from from a record on the eight track, and then he'll design a label and and put that on the eight track. So he'll have he'll have a brand new like Minor Threat eight track. Oof, like for himself awesome. yeah that's really cool <laughs> i love it man that's great, yeah, man. great. they were never that visually appealing though but like God, you got to respect that passion that's he amazing. enjoys yeah, that's, that man that's great man eight definitely unique yes so i mean talking more about um the story all that all that work uh that goes into um you know, grading the records shipping the records listing mm -hmm. them and, and running the store and um just ringing people up you you're responsible for all that right yeah i do everything i clean the toilet you know, <laughs> sometimes <laughs> yeah so i mean that's that's pretty much I, I think you said to me in conversation once it's kind of like your business strategy because if you had to pay somebody you would go you know yeah under there the minute, was right? a girl that came in today and are you hiring and mm -hmm. i sent her to mr cheapo's <laughs> <laughs> They're yeah. always looking for people. You must get that all the time, like teenagers from the area that yeah, think it'll be so cool. Yeah. yeah, it's an honor too. You know, it feels of, good. Yeah, you know, of that, course, that, man. That someone would want to like work and 
in my spot. <laughs> now, now, what about other types of visitors to the store, man? You don't have to name names, but I'm thinking maybe there's some like eccentrics, some collectors, some some people that um. Uh, you know, not not that they're they're bad to have around or toxic, but maybe they give you a funny runaround with things or something. No, I, everybody's pretty cool. All right, man. Yeah, right. I don't have any. You know, I had one guy gave me like a three star out of five rating on Google, <laughs> and I'm like, why'd you do that? You know, yeah, like, but I, you know, I don't know, maybe he didn't like the toilet or something. I don't know, man. Yeah, I don't. But uh, <laughs> oh, dirty man, he likes him dirty. I mean, well, you you mentioned they porn. did not have Creed weathered on vinyl. I'm very yeah. upset about it. <laughs> three stars. Three stars. He wanted to give me three and a half, but there was no nothing to click on. Yeah, yeah. The 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 uh, the urinal mint wasn't shaped like a, a vinyl record. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Uh, uh, ugh, ugh, sorry. Ran, ran out of toilet paper. <laughs> yeah, yeah, man. Well, sorry. Something set him off. Yeah, give give him some buckshot facelift stickers, man. It's, it's all good. Uh, all right, all right. Getting back, I think steer, steering back the conversation. I know. I think what I was getting at was, you know, you mentioned Porn Shop, that TV show before. Like, is there anyone who yeah, just, you know, like stars. insists that their record is worth more, and you're not going to give them the right price? Or does just, it... I don't know. Like once every couple of years, and it's, yeah. it's never anything that's you know flares up into you know like any kind of you know words being spoken it's like that ah. i guess it's it's not like yeah i mean if you know if, if you have a record you know you probably have a some understanding of it and realize that man you know it's, that's cool man all right man i just thought you know i'm picturing somebody like you know with a with a, a reprint like like tom said before like that pink yeah. floyd album you, you know <laughs> yeah. kinda, good condition it is <laughs> yeah we made a few of these <laughs> yeah man. There, there was a lady that came in a couple weeks ago she brought the 78 you know the 78 oh yeah, yeah yeah it was like this what were they made they're like ceramic shellac or? oh shellac yeah, yeah. yeah. shellac so i'm looking at them i'm like yeah i'm sorry these are really tough there's no market for them they're not really worth anything she's like oh this so there's no wealth here <laughs> <laughs> like there's no sorry wealth. no wealth no, no you need a different no retirement fortunes. plan <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah, yeah you're not gonna be able to quit your job today sorry yeah. miss you're wealthy in shellac but that's not <laughs> Shellacked. Yeah. <laughs> Shout to Schlack, the, uh, the 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 pro wrestler from Jersey, man. Tra treated artificial brain good when he booked us for uh, for the fest that time. Um, it, now I know you have an Instagram page for Record Reserve, right? Yes. And uh, you're constantly uh, as during business hours listening to records and sharing the you know the record cover. Anything, and the yeah, that I think looks interesting or I think somebody might be interested in if it's just weird i'll post yeah it's just all different yeah. stuff all day long man and I, I have caught like buckshot on there once or twice man we appreciate it man and you know it's, it could be a, right. it could even be man of la mancha or something it could be one of those yeah, you know oddball records Cha -Cha, sometimes Mambo, it, know. do you have the address off the top of your head for the instagram the record reserve one one word there you go bing yeah. so so oh you know definitely subscribe to them on Instagram and, and um, check that out. And I, I bring that up too because listening to all these different records all day long, is there a style of music or artist that you've gotten into since uh, running the record reserve that you never really thought? Like, I, I, you yeah, know. it's like UK folk kind of stuff like Fairport Convention and Steel Eye Span. Okay, this is like that. this is all yeah. news to me. Yeah. So talk talk about it. What's this all about? UK? Is it like an older thing? Like yeah, a, mo a movement like, that yeah, took place years ago? Yeah, it was a movement in, in England um, where folk... You know, like Dylan kind of people, mm -hmm. you know, went a little heavier and darker and a little more putting like uh, traditional folk songs to like hard, not hard rock, I don't want to say it, but it's something like that. Wow, I, I got to look at it. And what are some of the artists that you mentioned? Fairport Convention, Sandy Denny, Fathering Gay is her side band off that. Uh, Steel Ice Span's first album is excellent. 
Okay, like something that. to look into, uh, even yeah. for, you know, for the listeners too. We did we did a, a segment with um, we did a whole episode with Rick from Gray Skies Fallen, and we talked a lot mm-hmm. about this movement in metal in the late '90s, where a lot of European bands started incorporating elements of folk music and right. even right. synthesizers and goth music and things. I'm just wondering if there would be any kind of influencer or parallel, with, you know, between the two. That's that's. Uh I did, it's probably I like the same it. concept. I would yeah, say. yeah, 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 yeah. Kind yeah. of getting back to roots, but with a modern, uh, you know, rock element yeah, like, to like it. Yeah, like a pagan kind of sound. Yeah. Wow. Okay, man. Yeah. I got. I got to tap Rick on that. See if maybe he knows about that, man. Cool. So that's that's something for the listeners to check out right there. Maybe they'll get into it, man. Um, now, something I did want to bring up, man. Your current location, right there in Northport on Main Street by the trolley tracks. It's right up the block from where the infamous. Ricky Casso, yes. uh, Satanic Panic, uh, mm-hmm. Say You Love Satan murder occurred. Right. And yes. I, th- I, I can't believe I can't name this. What was it, 84? 84. Yeah. 84, yeah. Yeah, I was already living upstate when that happened. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, and just um, for any of the, uh, the listeners who are not aware of that, it's um, a very infamous local, it's not a legend, it took place. Um, and it was during the early 80s uh, when you have a lot of what they call the Satanic Panic there was the, the the two kids that had the suicide pact, and Judas Priest was brought into court, and there was there was you know there were other cases, and I think involving Ozzy, the the yeah, backmasking, get the gun, get yeah, the, gun. the PMRC yeah. and Tipper Gore, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. Um, Long Island here in Northport, New York, uh, in the early eighties and eighty four, there was Ricky Casso, the so called Acid King of of Northport, New York, uh, and he. Uh, him and, and a friend of his killed another one of their friends in the woods there in Northport and, um, you know, went on the run. He ultimately uh, hung himself in Riverhead Jail. Right. And uh, the infamous picture of him, he looks real strung out and kind of crazy, and he's wearing the ACDC. Is, is it the Highway to Hell shirt? I, I don't. I want to say Highway to Hell shirt, but right. it's been a few years ago I got really into this and did all the research, and the Buckshot Facelift Living Ghosts of the North Shore EP has a lot of references and was very inspired, and even part, parts of Ulster Island. Um, just kind of, not as a tribute or to glorify anything that happened, but it's an interesting piece of local history that relates to heavy metal in a way, and um, to how heavy metal was portrayed back then in the 80s, because metal artists were actually getting brought into court for things like this. Uh, so I just wanted to bring that up. Um, you know, I know you and I have spoken in conversation about how it's a fascinating story. It must be interesting to be right there in, in the town, you know, knowing what was familiar. And you were kind of like a teenager. One of my customers actually um, quite recently went to the, there was a church. It was like on the corner of Woodbine and 25A. Okay. And uh, I think like a condominium or some kind of thing like that um, was built into most of the area where that happened. Mm-hmm. But there's still like the pentagram spray, you know, with um, spray paint and a couple columns from the church in the wow. woods there. But I, you know, I, I was begging him to please take me one day. I want to see this. That's and amazing. We just, you know, we just never hooked up and got around to it. Wow, I never would have believed that there would still be a relic because yeah, I know yeah. once that happened, the infamous "Say You Love Say You Love Satan," but it was spelled Satin, Satin of course, like right. all metalhead teenagers would do. <laughs> what you know, carved into the um, what do they call those things with the little roof and the you know in the middle of the park. Like, uh, a, like a gazebo, gazebo. A gazebo, gazebo yeah. 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 I know, like, you know, the article. There was actually a, f- a famous Rolling Stone article about it when that first happened where they interviewed a bunch of local teenagers. You can find it online with a little yeah. research, and it's really interesting to read. Well, the band Acid King took yeah, their name uh, from that. Are they from Chicago? Uh, no, San Francisco. San Francisco, yeah, okay. female-fronted Female-fronted doom, doom kind yeah, of psychedelic yeah, doom great. band. Yeah, 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 I... Um, I, I, I was a little upset when I discovered that a band uh, not from New York took that name, but, you know, all, all, all due respect to them, man, you know, good band. 
But uh, yeah, no, just just real interesting, man. I had to bring that up. And I remember um, when Buckshot Facelift first started in 2004, the original guitarist Dan Baranello and the original drummer Dan Holstrom were living, they were roommates in a house in Northport there. Um, and uh, when they first moved in, that news article from the Ricky Casso murder was framed in the house. And, a, and, a, and another weird thing, they 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 swore there was some weird supernatural things going on in that house too. Now I don't not obviously not related to the castle thing, you know that I know, of, but well, lot, you know Northport's creepy. Northport yeah. is creepy, man. Northport has a lot of creepy history to it. I mean, you know, there's we could go. I, 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 there's other stories too, man. Like the um, what do they what do they call that stretch? It's like an incorporated village that goes out. Um, is it Eaton's Neck? I'm thinking of or Asheroken. Asheroken. Yeah. Like, aren't there yeah. creepy Sick stories about? Name, by the way, yeah, like Asheroken. I don't know any yeah. Yeah, paranormal stories. Yeah, I'm really sure there thing, are though. The creepy thing that happens around there is that if you go just like, over thirty, I, yeah, miles exactly, over thirty miles. Oh, oh yeah, yeah. My buddy Angelo, he was on his mm-hmm. bicycle. He was on his ten whatever speed with mm-hmm. the bicycle club, and he got he got stopped for going over thirty on a bike. Yeah. Oh, oh my god. Jesus. Yeah. Yeah, that, that's the most extreme story I've heard. It's the most. Yeah. I, that's insane. I've never heard anything like that. But yeah, if you're uh, driving around Northern Shore, do don't not pedal go to too fast. Asher, yeah. yeah. I've never gotten bothered there. I mean, he used to go to the yard sales and stuff all the time. My dad's a contractor, so like you know, the area is always developing. So every time he's going there, he's just like, I can't believe yeah, I got to drive this three, yeah. four fucking mile road yeah. just at thirty miles an hour. That's just a straightaway. That's basically it's sitting there. no man. Yeah, they do not play over in Asheroke, man. It's like the second you cross over the little, you know, whatever the divider is on the street. I remember years ago. This this might not be as extreme as your friend on the bike. That's pretty crazy. But I have a kind yeah. of kind of like really story uh many years ago an ex-girlfriend of mine was house sitting for someone over the holidays in asheroken and christmas day we were driving out of asheroken and it's not like she was speeding she might have been going 40 and um they pulled her right over on christmas day and gave her a ticket uh you know for, for speeding man yeah i was just like really on christmas day and it's not like she was zipping around man yeah so they do not play over in asheroken nope. but um but yeah I, I also heard there's some weird witch cult thing from back in the day out there but just look out for the speeding and the, and the cops okay if you go over there um when you're going to your your cult seance uh whatever <laughs> you know what i mean get, um yeah, keep that your, in mind yes. get to your seance ticket free so so one of my questions for you was going to be about your personal collection but you said before that this is kind of all just like an, an expansion of you as a collector in a way right like you're still just a collector right yeah i mean it's the music is you know paramount yeah yeah, yeah. so so what is like i mean obviously you're not going to list your whole personal collection but like what are some things in your personal collection that, you, that you're really on the outlook for? Like, you know, you mentioned this kind of UK folk movement. Like, what are some other right. things that when you walk into another record store, or you look on a list, you're like, I got to find this one. You what, know? what, artists? Or? Artists or yeah. types of music, eras of music. You know, like me, I'm always looking for old school Finnish or other types of European death metal. I have certain things I'm looking for, you know. I like, um, I've been looking for like more regional kind of stuff, you know, like private press. Mm-hmm. Things that look like folk rocky, or even you know, um, not bluegrass, but like acoustic, you know, stuff from Texas. You know, there's this this little like pockets of like activity of you know bands that influenced like bigger artists. Mm-hmm. You know, kind mm-hmm. of like it's going back to see who influenced that kind of that kind of 
Uh, yeah, I love it. Record. Like, like kind of re- back researching. Yeah, like roots, regional scenes. Roots yeah. Music. Yeah, yeah, I love it, man. Yeah, yeah that's stuff great, like man. That you know that, that catches my eye. I mean, that's kind of what I yeah. was talking about too. Is just you know, like I look specifically for more of the older, like Finnish and European bands that influence some of the later right. stuff that I listen to. I think yeah. that's what everyone and does, like, man. Um, UK pressings. I mean, I always if mm-hmm. the if the band is from Europe, you have to have. Yeah. Yeah. You know, now, a record you, from from that country because it's, it's going to sound better and it, you know it's more valuable too. You think it's going to sound better? Oh, definitely. And yeah, I'm, I'm you know back in the '60s, '70s, mm-hmm. we, we U.S. pressings were just like bang them out, get the money for them, you know, and they didn't care too much about quality. Okay, so yeah, so you that. a UK pressing is like more valuable. Yeah, plus we would get master tapes that were you know dupes, so yeah. that was another problem. Wow. Yeah, if you get like a Zeppelin album or you know any, I have I don't have any Judas Priest UK pressings. Mm-hmm. I'd like to hear some of those. They might sound a lot better. But yeah. you know, this is more you know they're louder. They're you know more uh, defined. Hmm. Yeah. Never, I never uh, knew that. That's another uh, little new factoid I learned, man. What what are uh, like what are like one or two things from your personal collection that that are like the holy grail of your personal collection, man? That you would never give up, you know. Uh, well, like you know, there there's a Beatles butcher I bought from my friend. Okay. Uh, that I met through the store. So that Beatles that, butcher that's a, that's is real. That's a great one. Yeah. It's already that. peeled. Yeah. All right. So. All right, man. I don't know. Yeah. Um, it's hard for me to think. There's you know, there's there's quite a few. Oh yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure, man. You probably yeah. got to so do. You, like, do you have a personal collection at the house, like in a room somewhere? You know, wherever you yeah, live. Yeah, yeah. Like, it's in my office room. And then it's like, a mess, this, you know, is there like a little back room at the store that has like collection B or something? Like, how do you separate the personal you know, and the I'm business? A, I'm a hoarder slob. <laughs> <laughs> I really need to, you know, get on that. Um, but what you were saying before, like some autograph stuff, like Beach Boys album, I have, you know, with Carl and Mike signed. Awesome. Dick, when Dick Dale just passed away a couple days ago. R.I.P. Yeah. to Dick Dale. Yeah. He signed a record yeah. for me at Stephen Talkhouse, Stephen Talkhouse out east, wow. back in the like late nineties. So that so that Dick Dale record that that's autographed. Um, with all due respect mm-hmm. to Dick Dale, but just from 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 the the market perspective, with him passing away, does that just kind of like shoot up in value? How does that I, work? I have no idea. I okay, know. all right. <laughs> I guess I guess probably because like, I'm not ever selling it. You know. Yeah. No. Okay. So it's not something you've like. No, you know, I, yeah. I'm kind of against that one, any kind of like opportunity thing like that this mm-hmm. mm-hmm. you know i there's some shops that do raise the price when yeah well that's dies. that's what i'm saying i guess like, that gets uh, more to what you were saying before about how um there you know there are other record stores that are just I'm businesses sure they and yeah. they you know they have employees yeah. and that's something i always thought about too is like if i had a record store i would have to push a lot of stuff that i don't like and maybe even them yeah. like a little ethically you know uh, you know right wavering yeah. on just to yeah. pay the bills there's a lot of records i'll put on social media and i kind of kind of like code do a little code because like people want them but i'm just showing them off yeah but they're not for yeah. sale mm-hmm. yeah it's like yeah. how does he have a store and he's not selling anything it's just like a little it's like keep looking and maybe <laughs> one day you'll jerk. find this somewhere yeah. you know, yeah. but yeah, not. yeah yeah here's a heads up this is yeah. great does so anyone get else have this? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, like, you know, like, this is what I found. Maybe yeah, you'll yeah. find something, yeah. you know, <laughs> something Lucky cool me. one day, man. Keep your chin up. Yeah, man. So, all right, man. Um, now, I mean, I mentioned before we're, we're trying, I believe April, uh, I believe April 14th is Record Store 13th, Day this year. It's it's usually, is it the Saturday? Saturday, yeah. Yeah, so. They, um, yeah, they moved it up like a week for some reason. I don't know why. It's usually, they try to get it on 420. Whoa. It's usually it's a 421 or 19, uh, yeah. but now it's like... Uh, uh, <laughs> <laughs> well, <laughs> after we're done recording, we're going to look it up and make sure 
that we're on point for Record Store Day and that this episode is out for it. Because, you know, we thought it would be interesting, obviously, to bring you in and to talk to somebody who's, who's actually working in a record store. Right. Um, you know, and, 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 and hype up the store a little bit because, as I said before, you've always been supportive of my bands and of other local artists, and I've, I've bought a lot of great stuff over the years, man. And, um... And my mom Thank bought a, a gift card for me from Record Reserve yeah, for, for Christmas yeah. this year, and, and, I, and she asked me who was who was on the podcast this week, and I said, "Oh, Tim." She said, "Oh, he's a nice guy." So, you know, so you got that going for you too, man. Your mom approved, all right? Record Store Day, April thirteenth. Oh, Timmy was right. right. See, the record store guy knew. I didn't know. Why was yeah, I acting kinda like I have knew? to know? <laughs> yeah, why was I acting like I know better than you, man? Come on. All right, so Saturday, April thirteenth is Record Store Day this year. Is there? Uh, uh, I mean, anything special you're getting into this year, or? Well, the, you know what? The list this year, I don't. It's kind of weak. I, you know, <laughs> there's a lot of like rehash picture discs and mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. stuff like that. So, uh, you, do you think the record store day thing is maybe getting a little saturated I at think, this point? Well, like yeah. It's a, I mean, records have been mainstream for a while now. The resurgence. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, there's starting to be a glut. Actually, you're going to see a lot of discounted, brand new records out there mm. in the shops. I can yeah. see that. I mean, uh, a couple of years ago, it started. Uh, vinyls were selling uh, higher than digital downloads. Yeah, that started right. right and that also last ha- year, yeah, it also ago. had to do with the streaming services because they don't count those. You know, it's more yeah. just buying tracks. That's all out there right. is now is vinyl and streaming. Yeah, that's pretty exactly. much it. Mm. Yeah. Well, I mean, you. I'm glad you brought that up, man. That was something that I, I wanted to talk about a little bit. Was since what what year did you open up the store initially? I, I think eleven. Oh, two thousand eleven. Yeah. Now that was like, I vinyl was starting to you know peak and come. It was back. a little late. But yeah, I think I'd say two thousand nine. That's when, when you think it like peaked. Yeah, not peak. No, that was like, when it started. started. Yeah, started coming started back. Started coming back. Has it peaked and started declining? I've heard it opinion? has. I heard, yeah, you know, but I don't know. It's a general. It's a broad mm-hmm. statement. You can't really. Like what does it mean, you know? Yeah, I mean it. It also depends because like I'm I'm looking at it through the lens of an underground music fan. You know, I'm a fan of very niche yeah. music. Well, it never went away if you're vinyl. Yeah, you know, a real collector. Also, that's, that's true. Also, even even if it did peak in popularity, it's really not going anywhere because right. it's not the type of format to be replaced. It already uh, like if you're looking at a technical standpoint, it has been replaced, but it mm-hmm. still stayed. You know, and it's something else. It's the characteristic. It's the charm behind it. It's uh, holding that image. You know, the disc in your hand. I mean, the actual vinyl in your hand and that artwork. is so much artwork. more than than any other format that can come out. So it's still it's, the only format. Well, besides tape, that has all the music. You know, technically. Yeah. You know, that's even, true. even a lossless file has a little bit of it missing. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah. CDs is when they started. Well, CDs. The lo- is, yeah. The yeah. lossless and yeah. I mean. Yeah, the files that you can only play on a, on a computer. Yeah, you know those. Now they have streaming services that you know a high def too. You know, so That's it all sounds true. good. I, you know, it doesn't bother me. No, I mean I, I'm fine. The way streaming sounds now is fine, but I still like having vinyl. You know, I I don't have that much, but I I like it. Yeah, I mean I've I've always loved vinyl, and I had a period where I didn't own a record player in the early 2000s. And I kept, every once in a while, I'd buy something at a show or something just because it was a cool band. And I was yeah. like, and I finally got a record player back maybe around like 07 or 08. And I, I listened to all this back backlog stuff, man. I, you know, my it's my that and cassettes, man. It's tough for me to say which is my favorite. I guess vinyl because the artwork is bigger. You know what I mean? It's, uh, yeah, the artwork is awesome. Yeah. It's yeah. such a cool format for that. Yeah, absolutely, man. So, I mean, enough about what I like. What what are people buying, man? Like, what I mean, is there any trends that you notice with like younger people or just anything in general? Like, what's selling, man? You know, 
There's like Generation Y now. Like, yeah. It, those millennial and then, you know, I hate to break it down like that, but... No, yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, what... Buy anything. <laughs> like, well, I feel yeah. like my, my, my gut instinct is that the kids that are like teenage and early 20s now yeah. they're very open-minded musically I, yeah i was telling someone yeah. that and they're not even i don't even think they're like with the millennials they were it's like a lot of information from wikipedia or whatever source yeah. you know they were yeah. really like learning about the bands before they even heard them but yeah it seems that now that the younger the kids who are younger than them are just buying just because just to have it, just to, to check it out. Almost going back to like just finding something with a cool cover. Yeah, and, yeah, yeah. I, th- I, I, could, yeah. I could be wrong. I don't know. But, I mean, yeah. it makes sense because of like the way we get music now. Like you mm-hmm. know, you have Spotify and Google recommending stuff to you constantly, right. and yeah. it all kind of sounds the same because um, even though the services are good, their recommendation algorithms are fucking butshit awful. <laughs> They're fucking terrible. So people go out of their way sometimes to just be like all right just click around you know and even wikipedia just clicking from one band to another you know you could you could you could start your your wikipedia on the beatles page and find yourself uh you know on venetian snares and like 10 clicks you know yeah yeah um i i my vibe that i get maybe from because like with artificial brain we have some younger fans that I, i speak to at shows and things like that and i just think people nowadays that are like raised on the internet there, a lot of these kids that are into music and creative minded are like really open minded and and there's like a kind of a trend amongst the younger people to to like you know let things hit you from wherever you know I mean if you were raised with YouTube and social media at your fingertips I don't think you're as like locked in you know YouTube there's a million different things when you walk into a record store there's a million different records there and you just maybe can like you know pick one and hone in on it man if it really is going back to where kids are buying records just because the artwork's cool or just to try something new i think that's a great thing man you got the best of both worlds because you can you can do both you can research uh bands you like with with the ease of the internet and then seek out the records because you have a passion to own that physical copy to appreciate the artwork to to hear the, the sound quality difference or you rebel against the easy access of all of the all of the music that at your fingertips and you go fuck it i just want something that looks cool and i'll walk into a record shop pick it out there's a lot of a lot of ways to skin this cat. It's, it's all fun, <laughs> and it seems like they trust their parents more. Like I, got, I have a lot of families that come in now. Oh yeah, I'm seeing that in Northport, you know, as opposed to Kings Park, where you just went to the store because it was, you know, where it was. Nobody really walks around in Kings Park. Yeah, it was more traffic. of a de- well, even that, and on the Larkfield Road, it was more of just like a destination. It's not right, a lot, yeah. a lot of foot traffic, yeah. but where, where you are now, it's great for foot traffic. You know, people just yeah, it's it's um, you know, it's a, it's a different village. kind of scene. Mm-hmm. You know, and I see mm-hmm. how the families interact, and that's awesome, man. Yeah. That's really great that you get to see that become like a, yeah. a you know a generational experience, a family experience. Yeah, and I you know I didn't have that. You know, like my dad was not even really into music. Like yeah. I, couldn't, I couldn't imagine going to a record store with my dad. It's yeah, like, yeah, things yeah, were so yeah. different. You know, back forty years ago. You know. Tell me about it, man. My dad, uh, I, I've, we've, I've taken him to see ZZ Top a few times the last few years. I've, but that's that's that's, cool. that's like the big, you know, yeah. stepping stone into, into the music world for my dad. You know, yeah. so other I only that, listen yeah. to the Bills, son. I just yeah. listen yeah. to the Bills come in the mouth. Yeah, just yeah. <laughs> yeah. Listen to the sound of my money fluttering out of my pocket. <laughs> oh, bitter, bitter music hating dad. Man. Yeah. yeah. Guess what, that's dad? I played so a deep. show. Yeah. Did you make any money? <laughs> yeah, one time I showed my dad. It was like, it was like fifteen. It's like I bought a fuzz bot. It was like a big muff or something, electro harmonics. So yeah. I'm like, dad, check this out, right? I'm like, here's the clean sound. Wah, 
he's distorted. He just looked looked at me and walked away. He didn't say anything. <laughs> <laughs> he didn't know what was going on. <laughs> Making noise. Like, oh, great. It's going to make noise yeah. now. <laughs> great. Oh, man. Good. Get out of my room, Dad. Yeah, something else to keep me awake at night. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, maybe on that note, this would be a good time to talk about Smut. Talking about you playing guitar. Okay. Um, I, well, I want to get into this, man. Your old band, uh, Smut, from uh, what? What were you guys around? From like eighty four, eighty four to, to six. Eighty four. Like so that, yeah. two two hot years, man. And you were you were still in high school when that was going on? Or? No, no. I graduated and I moved upstate. Like dropped out of the college. Oh, okay. All right. Just wanted to jam for a couple of years before I went back or whatever. Mm -hmm, you know. Mm -hmm. And and is that where you met uh, Rich and uh, Chance? Yeah, we were originally Black Witch. Um, Black Witch. Yeah. We're more of like a made in Metallica cover band. Okay. You know, with a couple originals, but you know, that's you know, we met, you know, through friends with friends and stuff like that and a lot of characters upstate, you know. It's like <laughs> mm -hmm. you wouldn't believe some of these people. So you were involved in kind of like a little local upstate like rock and roll yeah. scene, local music scene up there? Yeah, and it was um was it was, like it was New, Pult New Pulse area? No, that's more Hudson Valley. We're like um a little bit west of that. Okay. Uh, Middletown, Port Jervis, yeah, Wurtsboro. Yeah, 17. Yeah, yeah. 17, man. Gotcha. Um, upstate New York, uh, yeah. for the listeners. If you, the only really upstate that matters, it's New York. Yeah. Was it Was it like more rural <laughs> there? or? Yeah, like, you gotta have a town here and there, yeah. 10 miles in between. You know? I'm just imagining the early 80s, uh, like more of a rural spread out area. You guys probably could have a lot of fun. That's what, like, I think Johnny is as Opened the store mm -hmm. up there, a rock and rock and roll heaven. There's one in Middletown. Um, guy Steve, he's he opened it in '85. Mm -hmm. I don't know if it was part of that um, Mega Force or separate. I'm not sure, but they kind of like had. I, I I forget because I really didn't get to the one that Johnny owned. That was in Warwick, I think. Okay. There was there was a big metal scene up there. It was like Jersey and upstate New York were like a hotbed. The Catskills, yeah. I went to a Jewish camp and I've passed by Middletown a lot. <laughs> He's all, all, all I wanted to do was go to the mall in Middletown and buy, uh, you know. Well, they could they call it the armpit of New York, I think. <laughs> oh, it sounds great. Yeah. Letterman said that once. Shout to our listeners <laughs> yeah. up there, right? Hold, hold your head, hold your head, man. <laughs> um, but yeah, so we were, we were Black, Black Witch and then the our singer like leader of the band he like i think he'd like to call himself that he he was more like into van halen and he was like oh check out this band icon it's like no so i was still he was still stuck in like the the album kind of yeah you yeah. know like we wanted to progress and so he was out and then we changed to murder for like i don't know how long like a week I still have my murder jacket. I'll show you a photo of it one day. <laughs> That's awesome. That's a great band name. Yeah. That's murder. where my wife first murder. saw me. We were in like a McDonald's or something in, in uh, Montague. Yeah, we were get, we were ready to go down. Uh, we were driving down to see. It was it was Exciter, Merciful Fate, and Motorhead at the Capitol Theater in Passaic. All right. And we all got my little like '75 Dodge Colt. But we had to eat first, and then my wife was there, you know, future wife, with her mom, and she saw me with the 
murder. It was like a like cut out flesh for the fonts, <laughs> dripping. Like that was that was the logo on the back right. of my jacket that I painted. And she's like, "Oh, I love this guy." <laughs> what, and her mom is there too. Yeah, yeah. That's great. <laughs> oh my god! She grab her mom's arm. Like, so wait a minute. So you're headed down to this concert with your yeah. buddies, yeah. and she's just a random girl in McDonald's yeah. with her mom. Yeah. And you were and you were able. What did you like get her number or something? No, I mean, no. We she ended up. You know, working at the same nursing home that I did. So you just had a random encounter, and then later yeah. on you went. I didn't know she was there. Wow! Was this, uh, oh, that's <laughs> man. She's like, I love that murder guy. Wow! And then you ended up working together. That's pretty yeah. wild, man. Yeah. That's awesome. So, and how long ago was that? Eighty-five. And then what year did you get married? Eighty-seven. And you're still married today? Yes. Sir. Wow, yeah. man. That's, yeah. that's a great years, story, man. man. Hey, thanks. Salute, man. That's great. Thank you. <laughs> the wow, the murder in McDonald's, man. That's crazy, dude. All right. <laughs> would have thought murder in McDonald's would have been a love story. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> sense, do you guys still visit that McDonald's and you wear the jacket oh, no, every once in a while? No, no. <laughs> I, I broke the jacket out for our 30th anniversary. We, we got remarried, actually. That's great. Where'd you go, man? You go anywhere special? Or do anything the special? Silver Broom. It's like it's a pagan. Which you know, kind of place. Oh, okay, man. Sayville. All right. Yeah. And all we, right. We jumped the broom, hand fasted, all that. You didn't go yeah. to Asheroken for the the. the I'm, I'm joking. Uh, <laughs> no, no. I'm joking, Asheroken <laughs> listeners. Okay. No, that. No, I, I proposed at the Ricky Castle Church. What, you no. did really? Okay, man, that would have been sick. You should just let me let me run with that, man. I I like to romanticize things a little Will bit. Will you man. say satin, please? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Uh, no, getting back to smut, though, man. Um. So we learned a little bit about how the band started. When so the, this uh, the singer leaves and you guys become Murder, um, was that when the decision was kind of made to like like veer a little bit more aggressive or you know? Yeah, we were already like doing that. Mm -hmm. Just kind of like yeah, we kind of got to move on here and get you know be creative. We didn't even really think. We just did it. Yeah, and, and Smut, and then it ends up changing the name to Smut. Yeah, or, Smut. Right. And is there? I mean, this might be. Uh, um, you know, a little outside the box, because like back then you, you didn't really have the terminology. But were you calling it death metal or thrash metal or speed? Like, what were you calling your band? Or were you, or were, like back then people were just like, it's rock, it's metal. Like, I think we just call it hardcore. Okay, it man. All right. Because it was just, you know, there was no like, it, like I said before, you just it didn't sound right. It wasn't hardcore. Yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. It was, it was some kind of, um, what's the word I'm looking for? False. Not false. Yeah, <laughs> right. I can't think of the word now, but you know, it was. It wasn't up to snuff. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so I mean, I I get the sense that you're, you're talking like hardcore in terms of like a professional wrestler is hardcore, not like New York hardcore in any music. Sense of the, or the, the, yeah, if yeah. You look it up in the dictionary. Yeah. 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 I, I don't think I don't. Know, it was probably used in, in, in DC and punk rock. You know. Yeah. Well, because that that gets but not into hardcore metal it wasn't out yet. I don't think. Like that gets into labeling, and I think what yeah. you're saying is you weren't yeah. labeling it. You were just like, no, we literally have to make the yeah, most hard the to the core in, in music. Well, Malifice. Yeah, we yeah. like it hardcore. Yeah, 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 man. So you. But guys it wasn't were, that. You know, it wasn't like. Mm -hmm. You know, well, no, the not modern connotation of yeah. hardcore. Right. Yeah, right. man. Well, which illustrates how labeling has kind of become a, um, uh, you know, like a necessary evil in some ways because there's so much extreme music nowadays that you almost need a way to describe it. But you know, back then they weren't really worrying about it as much, man, because we were just trying to make like the most heavy shit you could yeah. or the most extreme shit you could. Yeah, right? I mean, like we were thrash metal, but we just mm -hmm. wanted to be weird, you know, just like have no influence. So, so. 
here's well here's here I'm not to beat around the bush then because this is what I'm getting at when I listen to smut and I see the year 85 uh, for the demo tracks and 86 for the the um, the regular uh, album tracks it it seems almost to me like proto pre death metal because I'm thinking possessed um uh, help me out possessed is 87 I think it's 86 86 churches 86 I think so yeah and, and, and scream right. bloody gore I yeah think so same year they were they were only a few months apart yeah so and I mean what I hear on the smut tape it to me sounds a little bit like just thrash metal but a little bit more um uh like punk and and feral and it's, raw it was physical and we had another yeah thing where we said if it if the lick doesn't hurt to play it it's not good enough <laughs> that is and it awesome. did hurt it. it hurt love it yeah <laughs> it's it sounds like it man and the yeah, first thing a lot yeah we were listening to it before mm-hmm. and i i, it's very I hear, yes yes yeah. mm-hmm. man yeah it comes through that that pain yeah it sounds it's so aggressive and heavy and the drummer is no joke man the double bass is there for especially for that era the double bass on that yeah. is almost one of the things that makes me think of uh death metal more you know what i mean because it's right. so aggressive and chunky and then um uh you know the themes obviously you got songs like uh snuff hook mm-hmm. convulsion i love it everything's like one or two words it's yeah, very suggestive when we were rehearsing it in a, re- a meat locker <laughs> Come on, you guys are proto death metal. Yeah. The walls were like lined, you know, with aluminum. Yeah. You know, it was this old man that yeah. we rented. You know, he had it built into his basement. Okay. Oh, dude. And there was a this <laughs> the sickest band ever. Yeah. That's like a meat washing sink, one of those like cement round. You know, he, he's uh, Tim is pointing at the, the cover art with the with the the photograph of them. And there the, was a meat hook. Yeah. Hanging up. Like we needed a name for this song. You know, there was yeah. no lyrics and. It, there it was. This is, <laughs> this is predating all the terminology that gets used for death metal. Today. Yeah. That's awesome. And they, these guys actually wrote the song in a meat locker with real meat hooks. This is crazy. Yeah. All right, we're going deep. <laughs> now, I got to ask, uh, track number 12, Placenta. Placenta is actually brand new. We never had a name. Okay. We found it on a rehearsal tape. Okay. And just kind of stuck it on there when I was digitizing a lot of my stuff. So when you say brand yeah. new, you're talking about like 80, 86 <laughs> and didn't get the released. Name is, the, the name is the name of the song. Oh, so this, the song never had a name. Okay. Because yeah. I'm just thinking that even almost, that like predates well, there was a like, story about that. All right, all right, the, all right. The bass player was kind of like living in a station wagon and a little trailer. And uh-huh. he had a dog that was pregnant. And it had the, the litter in the back. You know, it was like an old 70s, you know, uh, Chevy wagon or something. And he left the placenta there and just never, like, cleaned it up. Yeah. So like, yeah, that, I don't know. That's how that came about. Wow. <laughs> oh, man. See, this is like death metal, dude. Yeah. I, I'm sorry, man. I'm not. I have no reservations about calling these guys one of the first death metal bands. Well, what people will live, believe it or not? I mean, it's don't die, you know, like, which is another conundrum. And we, we kind of just figured it out too, you know, with, with um, you know, we were posting back and forth on Facebook. It's like don't die, but like the guy, you know, he's obviously, you know, in the song, has some kind of pneumonia or something, and you know. We, telling him like what you know medicine to take and mm-hmm. but you know it's like and it was like okay we we do want you to die but like <laughs> like but try not to you know yeah just, like take yeah. your time try to get better but it's okay live a nice long life before you die yeah yeah that's i mean that's a nice sentiment you know what i mean it's, that's yeah. good man what, what i thought of with don't die was like 
like uh, Hunger Games or something. You know what I mean? Like you just like you, like somebody's in a in a maze and you're like, don't die. You know, like there's <laughs> wolves coming after you and well, you I know. mean, it just screams whenever someone tells you to not do something, don't do something. Yeah. The first thing you think of is, oh shit, am I gonna do this? Like, like fuck you, I will die. Yeah, exactly. You know what I mean? You know like, that that's what it was. I think you're right. Initially, it was about like you know. All you know, death metal, like you said, was was coming around. Mm -hmm. It was getting too popular, you know. Mm -hmm. You know, like I said, what he said about Slayer and stuff, and it's like, yeah. no, we're not going to be about death. We'll be about life, but not like Christian. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> but it, yeah. yeah. It, it was it was a little rebellious. Just kind of like, like a little said. little yeah, right. f, f you to like yeah. you know metal getting more commercial or trend. You know that that trend. Yeah, more happening. people catching on. And, yeah, you know, yeah. Like we didn't sing about Satan either. Just like on Kill 'Em All, is not, no, nothing about you know religion, devil, whatever. Yeah, you yeah. Know? So we were we were kind of like along the lines of that as far as lyrical content. Which is a very hardcore attitude. Almost, you know, very, yeah. Very po almost posy, if you will. Almost posy. Yeah, yeah. Life, right. life metal. <laughs> very well, very very down to earth. I mean, I know, I know, kind of like uh, I'm not I'm not gonna name names, but like kind of blue collar tough guys uh, from Long Island that are kind of you know Satan man. I know you know fucking. Real, real evil is fucking out there in the streets, but you know what I mean. Like, you know, people, people that are just kind of like blue collar street guys that you know, like any, any, you know, they're not trying to hear about all that stuff, you know, whatever. But you know, it's I was when I was eighteen. Yeah, you know. Yeah. Now I have a good time. I, you know, I, I, I lend myself to uh, to an open mind when it comes to uh, things of the occult or a spiritual nature. That you know, think what what you know things that exist that you can't necessarily see, but. Oh, you know, it's, it's fascinating. It's, you know, I, I'm not preaching otherwise. I'm, you know, if I run across it, I might ask a couple questions. <clears> yeah, exactly, you know, man. I, I question, man. I don't touch. But, uh, but you know, getting back to um to Smut, I just had a few more questions. Do you guys play live a lot? We did not. No, we did okay. like a couple shows. Like as Black Witch was one of our bigger shows mm -hmm. at like an Elks Club. Okay. And then there was a show we did with. Um, Carn Carnivore was supposed to headline, but they never showed. They couldn't make it. it Bummer. Like a scheduling thing. All right. Um, but uh, who else was there? It was um, Whiplash. Ticket to Mayhem okay, was coming great. out. Love. Uh, Affirmative Action, which was like a kind of a punk band, you know, at the time, upstate, kind of well known. Bent Circus. I don't know if you've heard of them. They they practiced in like the adjacent room. Um, Caligula. I think they were a Long Island band. Caligula. Yeah, okay. the guy was like seven feet tall. Yeah, he was huge. <laughs> wow. I got and Deathrash from New Jersey. Mm -hmm. We heard of them. They kind of had a resurgence or something. Deathrash. Yeah, I think they're Jersey. still around. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And any other bands like from that circle of people, like that local scene that you were involved in, that that are still around or that kind of went on to have a name, you know, anything like that? Um, Bent Circus is the only one I could think of. Um, Benny, the guy who was in Black Witch, he was in Militia. But I don't, I'm not okay. sure. They were asked to go on tour with, I think, Hollow's Eve. All right, all right. And they, I don't know, for some reason they didn't do it, or I have the wrong band. Hollow's <laughs> Eve did come through yeah. af after, you know, Spot was disbanded. Okay, and, and, we, and we had a big practice at space up there. That actually, it was like a kind of like an underground club. Mm -hmm. It was like the classy leather goods uh, mattress factory. <laughs> the right. leather goods mattress. Yeah. I love yes. it, man. Classy it leather goods mattress factory. That that was like we used to, you know, the rent for like this two thousand, three thousand square foot space was like two hundred bucks, and we were so poor we we couldn't even get that kind of money. What do we do? We'll have shows, and, you know, get a couple kegs, and charge admission, and 
That's awesome. Pay the rent. So, wow. So there were some pretty cool shows that, that happened there. Wow. So you used to just book, book like local bands and everybody play and stuff yeah, like that and, yeah. and just have big ass parties. Right. Cops right. ever shut you down? Cop. Yes. <laughs> yeah. That show in question. Yeah. I think it was that show or, or something a month before or something. And because the, the police station was across the street. <laughs> oh my God. Come on, man. Yeah, just asking. So you guys built a relationship with the local police, I assume, over over the the, the few the shows you had. Like how many? Yeah. How long did that go on? I don't know, a couple of years, and and <laughs> then Dan from Affirmative Action took it over. Okay. And th- here's here's another name thing, you know, like genre. They um they this was an eighty yeah I think it was it was called the Grunge Club when that show happened and that was in eighty six. Okay. And it was called the Grunge Club and that term didn't really come around. Yeah, eighty six grunge wasn't a thing. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. but it, you know. Uh, you know, back then it was uh, it was a term. Mm-hmm. And, you know, then it caught on mainstream years yeah. later. Yeah, that's actually when we interviewed Malignancy, Ron from Malignancy said that he was involved in grunge, but he stated that at that point in time it was kind of an offshoot of thrash metal that he was into, and it didn't have the same kind of uh, kind of. T- he, Ron, mm-hmm. the guitarist of Malignancy, we interviewed said, said something similar yeah. about the term grunge. You know, kind of existing before people caught on, and it became a whole thing, whatever. But um. So Smut breaks up shortly after you record the the Don't Die demo, right? Yeah, it was. It's not even mixed. It's, it's okay. raw. It's right, well, just yeah, like that's however it. it came over, what levels it was on on the board. That's how it ended. The guitars <laughs> remind me of fucking Autopsy. Uh, you know, if you're familiar with Autopsy from uh, you know California, man, great fucking band. But just so raw, and maybe that's also why I get this death metal. Well, I'm a big uh, Anvil fan, and, and Anvil? Lips, Lips uses Fender, so I use mm-hmm. Fender. You know, it's the, mm-hmm. it's kind of. A break from the norm. It's very mid-rangey. It'll hurt your ears. Yeah, <laughs> you know? yeah, man. It's got a weird sound. I, I you know, no. I wish I would have had a Marshall, but I didn't. <laughs> well, I mean, it's a lot going on in that era. You know what I mean? You, you know, you're lucky you had a guitar, right? I mean, you guys are living in this <laughs> this crazy warehouse space and all this. So, well, I mean, that's that's something too. I mean, what? How did you guys record this? What was the process to record it like, and where did you record it? I'm gonna start playing it, by the way. Okay. Oh, don't, great. don't freak out. Um, it's a studio uh, in. It was in Goshen, you know. It, he's in California now. Uh, it's called Far and Away okay. Studios. He mostly does um, um, country rock. Okay. You know, he was he was not a, a metal. He didn't have a, you know any kind of interest in metal. And we heard that Ben Circus recorded their single there. Uh, fuck you, raise your fist. Fuck you. I forget the name of the song. <laughs> And uh, we're like, okay, yeah, we'll record there. And you know, he didn't know how to really EQ anything. I mean, he's a great, he's a great, Jeff is a great producer, but you have to know metal to record it, you know, and so. Um, I, well, I, I, I know exactly what you mean by that, and yeah. I, I agree, but I think sometimes some great recordings happen from producers that maybe don't get it. Like this to me almost, yeah. another thing that comes to mind, Repulsion, the early grindcore band. Yeah, that's some of the, blowing mm-hmm. out speakers. Yeah, and it's just all from that, that overblown. There is, there's a lot of, you know, getting going, clipping, and, mm-hmm. you know, some stuff It's like too mellow, some of it's too bassy and full. Like if you go to the you know the '85 demos, that oh, re- yeah, that really, yeah. that one really sounds like it was out of place. Well, yeah, those are kind of like the um, the bonus tracks. I mean, the right, real those are earlier. The real meat is uh, songs one through seven. I guess yeah. that was kind of like your your full length or, or whatever release right. at the time. 
And we, you know, we wanted to go back. I wanted to go back and, you know, mix it down and master mm-hmm. it, but it's just never happened. The band just got disbanded. Yeah, naturally. the tape still exists too. It's yeah. out in Colorado, I guess, and it needs to be baked. Wow. Yeah, that's how you like bring the tape back to life. Wow, it's in Colorado. Is it yeah, one of the ex members so. lives out there? Or? No, the, the the owner of the studio. Oh, okay. Wow, yeah. man. And he's held on to it that, that you know it's like a two inch tape, whatever. Yeah, you know, yeah, like probably those. in a case full of others or yeah, something like yeah, that. In a box somewhere. So do uh, do you or any of the other members go on to play music after that and other projects or anything? No, yeah. Well, I I had a band, um, Distraction. Distraction. Yeah, I played drums in that in like the two thousands, like two thousand to two thousand six. You know, we play like Molly Blooms. You like? Uh, I remember Molly Blooms. Yeah. Places like that. Uh, medicine. Okay. Uh, oh, medicine. Me- uh, medicine. Medicine. Yeah, it was called that like in certain hours of the night. <laughs> was that? Was that? Wasn't that the place like Levittown? on uh, 454 in like? Uh, no, Levittown. Levittown. We did oh, okay. play the Kings Club once. Okay, I'm yeah. thinking of something different then, man. I'm thinking of Saints and Sinners, oh. which was briefly open. It was a tiny place with huge Depeche Mode posters. On uh, Veterans Highway, yeah, r- weird place. Play out east, uh, strange Nassau, place. Pretty much. I that s- that band I did the most with, actually. Oh, distract. Di- yeah, yeah. Distraction. distraction. Yeah. Is there anything? Uh, can can people look that up, or is is that no, online or anything? No. All right. It man. was kind of the same thing with like the main guy in the band. He wasn't really happy with the way anything was recorded, and he just mm-hmm. doesn't want it out. Yeah. Same thing yeah. with Smut. That's what kind of not wanting to say a roadblock, but. You know, I wasn't allowed to play any leads on guitar, just because we wanted to be unique, you know? Yeah, yeah. And uh, play, playing shows was selling out, you know? It was, it was very, very anti-everything. This shit is fucking brutal, man. That's crazy, man. That's yeah. So, I mean, jumping ahead then, I mean, with right. that attitude of even playing shows is false and all that, like, you guys... <laughs> Recording um, an album is selling... I mean, yeah, sell it. is there no <laughs> intention to, like, put up a band camp or put this out on a vinyl or anything? Like, this is just a CD and you can buy it at the record this reserve store? This is the best store. I could do with, with what I had. And it's like yeah. a cassette tape from the studio. I, I hear you, been man. Sitting, you. It's been sitting in, in a tote for, you know... So, 30 years well no that's that, but, but that's what I'm getting yeah. at now is like would you ever because with this CD with the tracks you have you could upload a band camp for people to purchase it digitally if you so cho- yeah, chose to I think it's on some older you know uh, media site I forget the name of oh, it you say, you, didn't you say before SoundCloud had it too SoundCloud has <clears> some some of the, the live one of the live shows okay and there are two the songs Blackwood I think on, on the, yeah. the Record Reserve YouTube channel you have two songs right, available yeah. too but other Different than that people pretty much those. have to buy this physical CD if yeah they... you can buy it on Discogs or whatever okay so <laughs> so if people go to Discogs and look up Smud they can purchase yeah. this directly from you yeah okay yeah, great yeah. man alright cool I've had one sale so far from All my right, friend, nice. friend Dave Galgano alright awesome yeah. shout out to Dave number one fan <laughs> no plans to digital release he, yeah, at he, all. yeah he, he did um he wrote a review also. Oh, yeah? Yeah. yeah. Well, I, I got to read it because I... Uh, Rocket I, Rocket Science Records, he has, it's like a you know a, web, like, a website. Or like a, a blog type of thing? Yeah, yeah Rocket blog. Science Records? Yeah, something okay. like that. Yeah. All right, so if you want to read a little bit more about Smut, you could look up... Uh, what, what's Dave Galgago? Uh, Dave Galgano. Dave Galgano. Yeah, on, he's uh, like the biggest metal collector probably in the country. Okay, and yeah, he has uh, yeah. his Rocket Science blog, and you yeah. can probably look up Smut yeah, on that. Yeah, it's on there. You can Google that and... And um, you can look up Smut's uh, album "Don't Die" uh, on Discogs, um, or you know, you could look up Record Reserve and get in touch with Timmy if you're interested in it, man. And I just I want to hype it a little bit, man, because it struck me as like this real um, 
uh, obscured, hidden, ancient death metal. That's what we're hoping. Relic. Yeah, we'll be like a, some kind of YouTube like sensation one day. Probably won't even do that, though. dude. I mean, <laughs> a, a year from now, you guys could be playing Maryland Death Fest, and there'll be a bunch of nineteen-year-old kids acting <laughs> like they know who you are, man. You, know, you never well, know Rich nowadays. Well, goes there. I don't think. We're <laughs> well, well, that—that's my question too. Is um, you know, this was uh, 1986, and uh, what was it last year that that you guys compiled this and put it together? Right. Yeah. So how does that happen? Like you just at the record store chilling one day, and your buddy emails you or something, or what yeah, happened? Yeah, yeah. We you know we haven't spoken since like 1992. We just okay. kind of fell out, lost contact. Mm -hmm. and, and he got on Facebook, and I was like, whoa, you know. And so we started, you know, reminiscing, and we're like, yeah, we should get this onto some kind of solid. You know, tangible thing. Yeah. So it yeah. doesn't get lost, at least, you know. And, yeah, absolutely. And uh, try to, you know, do what, like, you know, not, there's no plan or anything. It's just as it goes naturally, like, you know, like tonight, you know. Awesome, man. Yeah. yeah. I, I, I like that too, man, because it's not like, oh, retro's hot now. Let's rehash our old thing. Like this. You yeah, know, I don't have people a website that, to push. I don't. I'm, okay, I'm, man. I, well, <laughs> I, I feel you. And that's why I love trying to give a little exposure. And hopefully, some of the listeners of our, of our podcast will, um, take note of this because it's it's really we've brought this this debate up from time and time again on the show um people talk about who was the first death metal band possessed or death and you know there's i'm not going to get into that debate right now maybe one day we'll do a whole episode about yeah, I mean, it we, it's got brought up once or twice but well, i'm yeah, not gonna we're... i'm not gonna say venom but okay well venom, <laughs> everyone says venom is the first black metal band because they wrote the song black metal but again, again i i don't you know i'm not gonna wait in to the to the uh, the controversial debate on all that stuff, man. It's all it's all metal, you know what I mean. And um, you know, once you know, we wouldn't be talking about the, the newer bands we are without all those bands. So it's all good. But just this adds an interesting little uh, wrench in the gears of that discussion. You know, listening to Smut from New York uh, in 1985, that far back, and writing what I consider a little bit of proto death metal. Right. I mean, you guys are just calling it hardcore, not even like New York hard. We're just like, it's got to yeah. be hard to the core. We're not playing it, right? You know? Yeah, we're so. like farmers up there. Yeah. Like, you know, we used to rehearse <laughs> in, in a barns, meat locker. With a meat locker and barns. So, like. <laughs> That's great, man, with the dog's placenta and the trailer. and the, I We mean, did open for barns. Overkill on their uh, Feel of Fire tour. Oh, okay. we, were, we, were, yeah. we were Black Witch at that point. Okay, man. Yeah, we were doing yeah. like Hit the Lights. You know, we were playing stuff off uh, Ride the Lightning like okay. like a week after it came out. So <laughs> trying to claim a little bit of that <laughs> sound. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. You know, and then we, we, we were wearing flannels. We liked the way that uh, Cliff Burton looked. Okay. On the Kill em Wall album with, yeah, the, yeah. with the flannel shirt. So we all wore flannels and we got called like a bunch of farmers playing Metallica or something. <laughs> you guys were ahead of your time, man. If you, if you guys, yeah, yeah. It was, that, well, that wasn't at the that. Grunge Club, was it? No, so. that was in the Port, Port, Port Jervis uh, State Theater. Uh, oh, you can was... find that show. It was recorded, it was taped by a Long Island video company called uh, Beauty and the Beast. Oh yeah, and I found on, an ad for them in an old newspaper. A couple <laughs> is it years on YouTube ago. or anything, or is the, it just the the um, not us? But we were on the tape, but we get cut out. Yeah, you know? yeah. so it's it's just overkill. All like, right, you can find it. It's mislabeled. It's like Old Bridge. All right, so maybe if you New watch Jersey. that video and you squint for the flannel shirts, you never know. You might see. <laughs> you never know. Might be a, yeah, yeah, you might see Tim and his buddies running around, man. <laughs> Well, I, so that's great. So I, I assume um, mini mini Zaka Records. That's just yeah, that's like just your, my little fake record. Your, your, your vanity label, uh, you yeah. know, aside from the store, man. I mean, you, you know, call it something. You know? 
<laughs> so, so is that just kind of like made up for this? You, you don't plan on releasing anything else? No, I've, you know, I've recorded like a lot of stuff on my four track, mm-hmm. like in the nineties. You know, I've got a CD here and there of just kind of weird music, some right, ambient, so experimental. So you never know, somebody might see something pop out through, you know, through, uh, right. through, through uh, I'm sorry, Min- Minizaka. Minizaka. I keep, yeah. I'm going to pronounce it wrong every that, time. Does man. that mean anything, or is it just cool? I heard it like on NPR. They were talking about some like uh, African tribe was in the news for some reason or another. Yeah. They were like mini Zaka. Like, yeah, I like that. Small Zaka. <laughs> All right, man. <laughs> yeah. All right, As man. Opposed well, to the little giant Zaka. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Stay away from that side. Yeah, the giant one's a little scary. Man. Yeah. All right, man. Well, I mean, with um, with that being said, man, we talked a lot about uh, the record store and uh, how you you know you came to get into that the record business. Uh, your location over there in, in Main Street, uh, Main Street in, in Northport, which has a lot of local lore, uh, you know, for for occult-minded metalheads. Um, and you know, we talked about Smut, man. Is there anything else that we left out? Anything about the band or the record store you want to talk about? Uh, Plug. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> whatever you got, you can ask away. But I, you know. All right, man. Well, we've been playing some Smut behind in the background. Um, I think we should play. It's it's relatively short stuff. What? How many songs do you think we should play? There's two tracks. Maybe I was thinking uh, Mass Murder and, and Don't Die title track. Track okay, five so and six would be a pretty good you know representation of. Okay, yeah, so that's uh, uh, Mass Murder and which one? Um, Don't Die. Don't Die. Yeah, right. the t- title track.
right, man. So that was some blistering, uh, in my personal opinion, uh, pre-death metal. But, you know, it was just some hardcore music from uh, 1986 that was um, smut with mass murder and don't die. Um, raging shit, man. I, you know, I've talked a lot about my opinion, you know, so far of it, man. Uh, you, uh, what we, you talked about what the song Don't Die was about. It was kind of this sarcastic, you know, everyone's morbid, everyone's death metal now type of attitude thing. So we're going to write Don't Die. Like, that's how you described it. What yeah. about Mass Murder? Mass Murder, I just finished reading uh, Helter Skelter, the book. Oh, okay. All right. You know, about the Manson murders. Yes. And so, I, you know, I just took, like, some of the cooler sounding, you know, lines in, of the book and lifted them and put them into the song. You know, <laughs> All right. Made, made a song out of, out of the, some of the best adjectives and, you know, words they were using in the book. But it was pretty cool. Wow. So every so, time I pry further, it's just more more death metal in my mind. It's, <laughs> you know, it's... it's, <laughs> it's Charles Manson, it's the Meat Hooks, it's all right, it's, and you know we already we already talked about in depth how you can uh, um, if you're more interested in smut, there's there you go to the Record Reserve YouTube, there's two two videos you could watch, um, but mainly you just got to get get on Discogs or get involved with Record Reserve and, and hit Tim up, man. This is underground shit. That's how it used to be back in the day. You used to have to hunt it down and go to the record store, you know, right? It's worth it. Try and get it. Yeah. So, um, thank you. With uh, yeah, with that said, man, I think we're gonna get into some uh, album uh, recommendation reviews. Let's do it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right. Got cool, some man. Stuff ready for you. But uh, but but Justin, now I'm gonna put you on the spot, man. What's up? So here we got Scotland's Frontierer with their self-released Unloved 2018. Scotland, huh? Yeah, Scotland. So uh, th- this this thing is is crazy, man. This is uh, I I just kind of hear relentless fucking beatdown math punk. Um, uh, it reminds like, it reminds like me just of, described a fight in school. <laughs> Beat that math pump. Um, you know, I, I'm saying that the, this this draws back to uh, to botch, to coalesce, uh, to a little bit earlier uh, Dillinger escape plan. Um, reminds me a lot of of to- the Tony Danza tap dance extravaganza. Oh yeah, so that it's very interesting. Yeah, that's really funny. I was actually going to bring in Tony Danza this week, and I had to uh, for something else. Oh, that's oh, fantastic! Boy. Yeah, yeah. Uh, th- this is this is a, a future sound kind of band. Uh, th- you can't really tell if, if these sounds are made with computers or just or fucking a guitar in a very very weird way. Uh, it has that sort of like uh, digital noise kind of element to it. Um, it's it's pushing. It, it's maxed out sounds. It's fucking punishing. Like relentless. Like syncopated math rhythms like getting at you uh all, all with this sort of like underlying post-hardcore vibe you know that kind of calls back to to botch to coalesce and dare i say the f- demo and first uh every time i die record very very small very very little very small as you get deeper into in, into this uh into the sound um like moldy basement Euro drum and bass going on. Uh, disgusting, like attempts at breakcore. Okay, um, cool. You know, you can draw like a, a like a weird. You know, like when uh, Venetia Snares is trying to fuck with you, like make you not listen to his songs. Right, right. Uh, that that sort of sound. Um, it's it's not boring, and I, I would say you know check it out. Frontierer, self released. A lot, of, a lot of a lot of momentum behind this. I have, this is just something that I'm not going to be able to digest, like listening to it in the in the, in the cans right here. This is uh, you got to spend time with this. I can tell. It's like uh, 
weird, like there's this industrial video game music thing that they have going on. With it's it's crazy. Yeah, a customer of mine has this on order. I'm waiting for it to come in. I know. There you go, man. Hell yeah. Yeah. Frontier. Something else. If you want to order it in on uh, at at Record Reserve, Tim Timmy Timmy knows where to go. He's got the plug. Well, I'm keeping my fingers crossed. It hasn't shown up yet. Oh. (laughs) (laughs) We'll let you know. We'll get back to you in a future episode. (laughs) See how that works out. Yeah, that's crazy. Something interesting. Rolling Stone named this record one of their in the top twenty best metal albums in 2018. Never, okay. Never heard. And okay. Take Rolling Stone however you want. Uh, it means at least some some people are paying attention to this fucking crazy bullshit going on here. Second Rolling Stone reference this uh, episode. That's mm. that's strange. Okay, man. This 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 shit's pretty wild. I I, I also. Strangely enough, I hear this 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 little botch influence that you mentioned yeah. too, man. This it, this, is a, this is pretty cool shit. I got I got to take some time and you know the, pick this apart. There's a it, lot going on here. It's something to listen to more than one song if you if you can take it because uh, the deeper you get into the album, the more the more surprises there are. The more this band kind of shows you their range. What's new? This week, I got Shadow Snakes. You guys like Shadow Snakes? Uh, <laughs> sounds terrifying. <laughs> I sounds horrifying. What, what are Shadow Snakes? I hate seeing snakes. Can we just talk about music instead? I'm scared now. <laughs> yeah, uh, fortunately, those two things overlap. So we yeah. got the band Shadow Snakes with their self-titled album, Shadow Snakes. What else are you going to call it? Yeah. Well, you know. Uh, All right. This came out August 31st, 2018. It's an independent release. It's raw, it's dirty, it's intense hardcore grindcore mix. Uh, the band is made up, I'm going to say a few names, and then if you know any of these names, that's cool, but if not, I'm going to get into it later. Great. Um, Tom's going to get into it with me, like, Will, why don't you know this shit? Like, he's supposed yeah. to be the grindcore guy. <laughs> so, we got Aaron Jenkins, Graham Reynolds, Jesse Dano, and Steve Sindani. If any of those... Names. Oh yeah, the, that's the crew. We went to we the went crew. To, we yes. went, yeah, we went to different schools together. Yeah, I knew Jenkins from uh, from the grocery store. He was always yeah, we, buying Entenmanns. We used to sell right. oranges together. We I had the tattoo on my neck that said "Keep it real." <laughs> what? Where are these guys from? From uh, Syracuse, New York. Okay. And I. Uh, besides that, I'm I'm gonna just leave it to this. This album has a lot of push pull, it the push and pull kind of uh, things going on here. The hardcore elements, they're there. 
very dynamic in the speed and then slowing it down. Um, I'm not going to say this is... Uh, it, it's not predictable, but it's also not su surprising. It's the kind of shit where all the all the parts are in the right place in a way. You know not, what I mean? They're not they're not throwing in like a, a progressive jazz part between two blast beats or something. Ex it's exactly. It's straightforward. It's yeah. They sit in the pocket they've made, and it's it's really nice. All right. I'm really about this release. All right, man. Sounds heavy. Sounds noisy. Sounds, yeah. sounds brutal. band called Shadow Snakes. Yep. It's like my favorite band. <laughs> Alright, well, what do you got for us? Alright, I'm pushing the limits of what's new, but <laughs> I had to bring in... Um, Is it not out yet? The, well, <laughs> no, it's it's just it's from 2017. Oh, okay. But um, I brought in two releases from my recommendations that I actually bought at the Record Reserve uh, record mm. store in Northport from Tim. Um, and I bought, I picked up this one with uh, the previously mentioned gift card I got. Where you you can buy your, uh, your you know your relatives and your, your cute kids uh, gift cards from Record Reserve if you want. Uh, this is the limited edition Morbid Angel. Uh, uh, well, I'll let you punch it up. Morbid Angel Kingdoms Disdained, and then we'll act like I didn't just say that. Now we'll edit it up. Yeah, this is the limited edition uh, picture disc from Morbid Angel's Kingdoms Disdained uh, that came out December 1st, 2017, man. Their ninth studio album. Big big Steve Tucker back in business. Um, really in, really enjoy this album. I enjoy all the Steve Tucker Morbid Angel albums. Of course, I enjoy uh, a lot of the original Morbid Angel albums um, with Dave Vincent and all that, but this was great when he came back and they put out Kingdoms Disdained and just kind of... Um, uh, it brought, brought it back home for all the, the, the death metal fans, and I, I found this uh, picture disc there at Record Reserve. Look at that artwork. Just for the listeners, it's, it's got the big guy with the horns and the beard on the cover, um, just full full scale on the record, and then the back has the track listing. It's you know it's it's a great piece of art. I love this album. Um, this, I remember this came out uh, I, uh, like this, December first, twenty seventeen, and um, everyone was like sharing on social media their top top albums of the year lists or whatever. And this shit just fucking blew everyone's list away because it was like, yeah, New Morbid Angels out, you know, year's not over, tough guy, you know, <laughs> like like this, you know, they just they just came in at the end, fourth quarter, killed everybody. Morbid Angel album of the year, Kingdoms Disdain. I you know I don't want to hear nothing. This shit is good. It's brutal. It's raw. The drums are there, the guitar is there. I don't want to get into the nitpick about the lineup 
Uh, you know, I, I get it. Some people, it's not Morbid Angel without the classic lineup and all that, man. But this is fucking great. I, it, it's it's kind of a return to form from the um, the Eye album that I'm not really going to talk too much about. Um, I saw, I've saw i seen them live twice since this album came out with Steve Tucker. I saw them in Amityville that time uh, about a little, little less than a year ago. And I saw them just recently with uh, Cannibal Corpse, Blood Incantation, and Necrot. Mm. Um, Good show there. Yeah, man. I mean, I thought Morbid Angel was great. The sound at that place was a little funky. Yeah. Um, for the for the for the two bigger bands, which was odd. Blood Incantation and Necron, I thought almost had the better sound that night, which was weird. I, I agree. I don't know what was going on there, but I mean, the, it's uh, nothing against the bands. The bands played fantastic. You know? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. It was a pleasure to watch those bands, but it was just something about the room and maybe the um the 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 sound uh, you know engineer or something. You know, I don't know what was going on, but. Blood Incantation definitely had the, the best sound that night, but it was just great. I've seen Morbid Angel twice since this album came out, and um, it's just, you know, it's like a history lesson, man. It's culture, it's a legacy, and it's, uh, you know, in 2019, I'm just glad that there's, uh, you know, that Morbid Angel's still out there kicking ass. Steve Tucker seems like a real cool, down-to-earth guy, easy guy to look up to uh, for me as a death metal, uh, you know, creative person and all that, man, and... You know, again, uh, you know what can you say, man? This is just a great Steve Tucker Morbid Angel album. I'm a big fan of Formulas Fatal to the Flesh, big fan of Gateways. You know, um, it, it, it's what, what can you say, man? Tucker's the man, dude. Absolutely. Yep. Yeah. So, uh, I don't think uh, I don't think Tim's got any more of these left, but you could probably order one if somebody wanted it, right? It's a possibility. Yes. Yeah, yeah. It's limited edition, so act on it. But yeah, look up if you want. If you want, Google this limited edition picture disc for Kingdom's Disdain. It's fucking awesome, man great man i mean they got a song the first song piles of little arms what are you talking about <laughs> what are you talking about that's, that's fucking weird but you know that's what they do all right so that's my new that's my new album i'm gonna rant over <laughs> well thanks for bringing this in yeah this was a good listen good album here man yeah i got the, i own the cd and i own the um the cool cool digipack with an extra like demo kind of cd in it man i got this record man i got a poster that i'm gonna frame one day I'm gonna fucking, you know, I'm gonna listen to a lot of Morbid Angel in my life. I hope to live a long life of listening to Morbid Angel. Love it. Awesome. No notes. So Tim, you got you got something you want to uh, recommend to the listeners? Well, I've been listening to uh, the new album from Royal Trucks. I think it's been about twenty years since they put something out. You know, Royal Trucks. Royal Trucks, kind of an offshoot of Pussy Galore from you know John Spencer Blues Explosion back okay. in the eighties. You know, that kind of developed into like you know the 
alt rock scene, you know, and like um, Sonic Youth, stuff like that, Giant Dinosaur Jr. Okay. And the people in this band, you know, Jennifer, um, vocalist, and Neil Haggerty is a guitarist. They're, they're kind of like a team, songwriting team. And, uh, you know, they're, they're still doing what they did, you know, almost 30 years ago. So, you know, new album, it's called uh, White Stuff. And it's got, <laughs> it's got their <laughs> band's name written in a line of cocaine on the cover. And Allegedly. It, and, <laughs> and Jennifer's passed out on top of a pizza with a lobster next door. It's, they're, they're still a mess. And they, I think The Guardian tried to interview them. About a month ago, and she came out with an ankle bracelet. You know, she's like my age, you know. And um, Neil was like in Colorado, they weren't even living together. And he's like, No, I'm not touring. And it's like, I'm not even, I didn't even give her permission to release these songs. So they're just like still at it, fighting. And damn, yeah, they're, they're, they're crazy, but they're great too. Jeez, <laughs> it's a hard life, but it's harder tunes. Yeah, this is uh. Pretty interesting mix the way it goes back and forth between those like two tonalities on this track. This is kind of fun. I'm glad I'm hearing it in headphones for the first time. This is like really, it's it's cool. There's like that like the little buzz guitar and it's it's kind of pan. This is interesting stuff, man. It's yeah, they're pretty freaky. Yeah, know. it's weird psychedelic rock. I love I love her vocals. They're like very raspy, you know. Just, I, I I gotta try to put Timmy onto uh, Ghost Tower. Yeah, uh, yeah. There we had Mike Zancelli from Paragon Records in here, and that's yeah. a band that he released from. I think they were from Nebraska, and it's a female-fronted um, kind of a, a merciful fate, uh, nice. Black yeah. Sabbath, even maybe like the like like not no, maybe more like Blue Oyster Cult ish type thing. Nice. That's yeah. a CD there. Mike gave us a couple copies. I only listen to female-fronted bands like the last ten years. I don't know what it is. Really, it's that's crazy. It. Uh, yeah. That's awesome. <laughs> yeah, why not? Yeah, there's plenty of them out there, man. I mean, you know, this day and age, there's only more. It's no, you know, no doubt, women can sing, man. A lot of women. <laughs> kind of rule of thumb, you know. <laughs> I'm just saying, like, women can sing. Why wouldn't you? You know, that's. I listen to a lot of. Uh, I don't know that I listen to a lot of female-fronted metal bands. Um, there aren't many to begin with. I do listen to some. I listen to Entheos, Abnormality. Abnormality um, just dropped a new track. Yeah, Curb Stomp or yeah. something, right? Yeah, it's yeah. Tight. Yeah. Really good. Uh, yeah, Void Spawn. Uh, shout to Allison. You know, and then uh, um, this this uh, Ghost Tower that that we came across is really interesting stuff, man. They're different vibe, you know. But yeah, this is on Fat Possum label. They're kind of like a roots. Okay. I, this thing. is all stuff that's kind of like on my periphery, you know, like my peripheral, yeah. but I... I a lot uh, of like blues, like, you know, really, you know, a lot of influential people. Towns Van Zandt, mm -hmm. um, R.L. Burnside, even Al Green. You know, they have a lot of, you know, like southern kind of yeah, yeah. people on their roster. Was R.L. Burnside ass pocket full yeah, of whiskey? Yes. Okay. Yeah. All right. Yeah, a friend of mine uh, years ago actually burned that for me. That's yeah. pretty raw shit, yeah. Yeah, they were on uh, Drag City. Drag City? Okay. Yeah, but I don't know if they're a label anymore. Okay, yeah, I'm, I'm not sure, man. Yeah. Again, something to look up. But for, for the listeners, that was Royal Trucks? Yeah. Wow, really interesting kind of psychedelic drug uh, uh, rock, man. Just, just. And that's, uh, yeah, Trucks, T-R-U-X. Not okay. uh, not trucks like, uh, you know, cluster trucks. Yeah, I think this is the hit single. Royal <laughs> Trucks. I like this song. I think right. I said Royal Trains before. Royal Trucks. Yes. Yeah. Well, I typed in Royal Trucks and I found it's a lot of skateboarders. Skateboarding, yeah. It was yeah. like, kids go home. 
weak kingpins. Yeah. Wow, this is psychedelic. Got the flange on the vocals there. <laughs> yeah, they, you know, kind of sound like X a little bit. You know, like Xene and John Doe, like fe female male dual <clears throat> vocal. Yeah, yeah. Trippy, like very that. interesting stuff, man. So Justin, what do you got, man? Let's go back in time. 2002 Epitaph Records. Uh, you know, I, I brought on a, a band before uh, Frontierer uh, that, that I likened back to Dillinger Escape Plan. So I'm pointing to one of Dillinger Escape Plan's maybe not so famous record. It's my kind of it might be my favorite Dillinger record. Uh, this is this is the one they did. Uh, right after their vocalist Dimitri left uh, after um, recording and then the tour cycle for Calculating Infinity, which was like their breakthrough record. So uh, in the lull between um, uh, when, when their singer left, they got um, Faith No More's Mike Patton mm -hmm. to uh, to record a, a four song EP with with three kind of perfect collaborations and one cover of uh, Aphex Twins' Come to Daddy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean for me like I, a big faith no more fan uh, big Dillinger fan th this thing is uh, this thing is like a crazy I, I couldn't believe that this was a thing when I first heard it yeah um, the, the the blending of, of, of two different worlds in in the, the most honest like kind of fluid symbiotic way um, yet you have the, the 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 classic staple like math start stop grindy kind of a uh, writing of Dillinger Escape Plan with with the fucked up weird experimental mind of of, of Patton like all these effects on his voice um, uh, doing doing kind of weird like Mr. Bungle stuff uh, with, with, with what he's saying is his lyrical contents kind of off, off the rails um, the, the great great verse in this song where he's kind of just talking about uh, being at a dinner and with all these empty souls and to swing a cat you know what I mean? He won't even hit, hit a real person. It's, I'm, I'm paraphrasing. But yeah, man, I, I think uh, I think this album kind of uh, laid the foundation for where Dillinger would go from, you know, like in the future, uh, especially with their new vocalist. You know, they, I, I hear a lot of the the Patton influence in, in the singing parts of uh, of, the, of Greg, uh, who who took over the vocal. Um, Duties, uh, kind of coming back to this this sort of Patton thing, and I mean Mike Patton being an influential vocalist anyway. Yeah, ph uh, phenomenal talent, Mike Patton. Really something else. 
this is just one of those things, man, where worlds collide, and uh, it's 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 better it's better than the 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 parts. You know what I mean? The sum is better than the parts, if, if you yeah. will. Yeah, uh, as much as I respect the Dillinger escape plan and uh, their legacy, and um, I acknowledge the way they pioneered things and changed things, this this was never my neighborhood of music, man. Again, people know me, especially at the time that this came out. I was very young. I was in my teens and early 20s when Dillinger uh, hit and, and was doing this stuff. And, you know, I was, I was searching more for death metal and gore grind and grindcore and power violence and type of shit that I was into, man, you know, so I missed out on a lot of this stuff. I remember checking this out when it came out out of interest with, you know, the Mike Patton thing. Everyone was like, whoa, Mike Patton, you know, this was kind of a out of left field thing. And it's it's cool, man. I'd actually like to maybe spend some time getting back into this and some of their other releases from the two, early 2000s, you know. Um, really, really interesting band. Maybe also I think something that was uh, above my head, over my head, went right over my head, you know. I didn't have the, the type of ear for that instrumentation back then. I think now having... Uh, worked on music with people who are who are you know very technical minded musicians and stuff. I've kind of like I've I've caught on a little bit. Maybe could understand what's going on back then. It was more like a big blur, and I was like, "Where's the napalm death at, bro?" You yeah, know, I'm, totally. I'm not ready for this. You know, I'd, yeah. I'd say the you know everybody in this band is a student of the game. And uh, for anybody who feels similar to you, like check out some old fucking Dillinger Escape Plan. Yeah, yeah, very interesting music, man. Very 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 wild stuff. Very sexual, you know? dude. Mike Patton, man. It's just. It's in there. He's like under your tongue. He's already in your head before he start opens his mouth, and then you're like, oh, there he is. It's pretty funny to pretend this is just like a Faith No More album. <laughs> like Faith No More <laughs> got really fucking crazy. Man, that voice. You know? Yeah, dude. You guys done a lot. Uh, holds a, a special place in my heart, too, for uh, being a extreme metal band with uh, affected vocals for an unnamed reason I won't name the reason why mm. but it can, you know feels feels close well there we are mystery Personally. for our listeners with my person you'll never unlock the mystery Tom, take them back. What's going on? What's old? All right, so remember I was talking about Shadow Snakes before? Okay. All right, so Shadow Snakes is basically made up of the of three members of Ed Gain, which was a three-piece crime oh, right. band from right. state New York. Wow. Yes, fantastic. yes, mm. yes, yes. Mm. It's all coming back to me wow. now. I, I never got hardcore into mm. these guys. Tom Ander uh was was big into these guys and um played them for me a few times back in the day man really wild stuff yeah ed gang wow okay. yeah great some of the first time i heard this i was kind of like my mind was blown just with the crazy time signature changes mm-hmm. i wasn't really sure what this dude was doing with his guitar like yeah. i wasn't sure if he was trying to make music or just like you know hit it in, in certain ways and just like huh. put his guts there and, uh, man but also very well orchestrated 
But yeah, I, like I got, I, wa I was watching well, a couple live videos from them recently, and th they were so tight at this mess that they produced. And this album is their 2002. It's a shame a family could be torn apart by something as simple as a pack of wild dogs. Mm -hmm. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I, 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 it's almost what I just said about Dillinger Escape Plan. I think at the time that this came out, my mind was elsewhere, and the technicality and um, everything that was going by in like a blur with, with, with a band like this was a little over my head, and as I, as I got older and matured, maybe I can understand what's going on a little better, I understand the musicianship and what they're trying to, you know, back, you know something like this was a little too much for my, uh, my primitive caveman mind back in the day, man. This is wild shit. This is great. This is like, you know, wear your guitar really high. Yes. Really, really high. Uh, if you're on a computer or do you, if you have internet access, uh, watch uh, the Ed Gaines set from Hellfest 2003 and take notes if you play in a band on possibly how to bump your energy up because this band will fucking kick the shit out of you live. Yeah, and then um, they play the Marble Man is a douchebag. The Marble Man is a douchebag. One of the coolest breakdowns in any song I've ever heard to date. For sure. It's it's original sounding. I, I'm going to let it play. Um, I'm going to... Well, I think it's up next. So we'll we'll listen to that song, and that was that was the first song I heard. And honestly, uh, me when this came out, I heard it and I did not, I didn't get it. It took me like a couple of years, and then I revisited it, and it clicked all, all, out of nowhere. When I first heard it, I was just like, eh, too much, too much, you know. But uh, man, these guys kick fucking ass. And if you ask what they're doing now, it's Shadow Snakes. They're being a bunch of they're playing Shadow Snakes in the closet. <laughs> Yeah, faded out. And what's even cool about this fade out is that the last song on the album, uh, What Is This Monstrosity? It starts with this breakdown fading in. That's cool, man. Yeah, great package. Cool shit. Ed yeah. Gain. Ed Gain. Alright, well, what do you got for us? Uh, <clears throat> Destruction, release from Agony. Taking it all the way back. Well, not all the way. It's their uh, third album. Are we running too long, you think, for tonight? No, we're okay. Okay, because yeah, last week you said the mic one might have to be split. That was well, weird. that was we were running in like we were running at uh we were at like fifteen minutes ahead of this fight by the okay. time we even got to the music. Okay, what an album cover! Yeah. Oof. 
Alright, so uh, I brought Destruction, Release from Agony. Um, I got this uh, special 180 gram limited edition high definition premium virgin vinyl pressing for super fidelity. The nicest thing you can do for your stylus and your ears. I, lo I love reading this little sticker on this, man. I bought this at Record Reserve too, man. Um, a little over a year ago, uh, I was off of work for uh, several weeks with a broken foot and I was on this super old school kick, man. I bought this and I, I like listened to this every day. It was so fucking great, man. It's their third album, 1988. Um, Harry, uh, Harry Wilkins, uh, it's his first album as their guitarist. And um, there's just something, if you listen to like Destruction's uh, two albums prior to this, great shit, um, a little bit more raw. This, this album is very refined. Um, the, the the musicianship as you can hear from this this intro right off the bat it's it's a little music school to use a term I, I use sometimes mm. um, but it there's like beautiful parts on this album there's a lot of tech technical parts I'm not gonna say tech death but there's a lot of shit on this that actually reminds me of some stuff that would come out slightly later maybe like death um, spiritual healing era death maybe maybe even soul side journey era dark throne which is mm -hmm. one of my favorite death metal albums there's there's some very proto death metal and proto black metal things going on on this album here and i think it has a lot to do with this guitarist harry joining up with the band and maybe uh opening up what they were doing on guitar so th this is a great album uh and i found it especially interesting as someone who's more of a, stu a student of uh, old school 90s death metal to listen to this album from 88 and here's some here's some interesting forward thinking ideas this is 83 88 oh 88 88 80 i wish it was 83 that was crazy. crazy i mean look first of all look Man. at this cover this yeah. is one of the Amazing. best metal album covers of all time for the listeners that's again destruction released from agony look up that album cover you're not going to do much better than this this is amazing and what's even more interesting i'm not going to give away his name a good friend of mine uh was in the psych ward recently here at huntington huntington hospital and there is a hand-drawn kind of crayon picture not exactly like this but it's got the hands up above the face with the eyes and the hands mm -hmm. and i don't know that somebody who's a destruction fan would would be in there to to to, to to, to, to draw that it was just weird it was like what the that's, that's the destruction album with a cartoon version over on the wall over there it kind of so, makes me want to throw up just looking at that it's fucking crazy yeah it's disgusting it's really great and I, I'm, I'm I like I want to retire from making music because I'll never have a band that has an album cover this sick this is the best <laughs> it looks like that microscopic virus you ever see that oh like those germs you know like yeah, the yeah it's got Three rolls of teeth. Yeah, yeah, oh, like like yeah, dust right. mite kind of thing. Right, exactly. Yeah, what are those called? They're called yeah. something bear. It's like a little. Yeah, yes. yeah, yeah. It's yeah. like a. It's like one of the only animals that could uh, survive being in the vacuum of space. space. Yeah. yeah. Uh, oh, look at this, man. Yeah, it's disgusting. Yeah, I was listening to uh, a sentence of death labor. early today. You know, oh yeah, yeah, ready yeah. for the show, and it's like so different. Yeah, again, yeah. This yeah. album really like turned a corner for Destruction. Yeah, it's a different sound. A little bit more technical, a little bit more refined. I think some people probably prefer the first two albums and consider this a little bit more of like a, I don't know, a sellout or a false or what you know, whatever you want to call it. It wasn't as black metal and evil anymore. But um, you know, I'm the death metal guy, so I'm you know, if you want to. Uh, if you want to get a little clearer production, get a little more technical and show off a little bit, I'm all good with that. You know what I mean? <laughs> this shit is fucking cool. Yeah, I've never actually dove into destruction at all, to be honest. And uh, you, you got me titillated right now. This is yeah. fantastic. Great band. Again, I mean, I was talking about um, uh, on, on that Dave Davidson episode, uh, I, t I talked a little bit during the album reviews about uh, German Thrash, about uh, Sodom, yeah. Destruction. 
uh, and creator, creator. Uh, creator with a K. And um, I, you know, I, I was saying, uh, you know, Tim, I don't know if you have any feelings on this. I kind of prefer the German thrash bands. Yeah, they were added almost as early as we were uh-huh. you know, in the states, '84, '85. You know, Bad Butcher. Yeah, Mad Butcher. Yeah, yeah Sodom, of course. And, yeah, uh, Creator. And and it seems to me almost like the German bands were a little less interested in melody and a little more interested in extremity. Yeah, you know? speed, speed. Yeah, sure. yeah, and vocal yeah. wise too, maybe. You know, the vocals are great. Yeah, yeah. yeah. you don't yeah. know what they're saying, but it sounds, you know, it sounds cool. Yeah, yeah, but yeah, I mean, hey, what's more death metal than that? So, I just thought this was a great, um, it's, it's one of those great, and for some reason, man, you know, it's like I said, I say this often, I'm not a guitarist, I'm not a musician, I, you know, I show up and I growl and scream, you know, and I know a lot about this shit, but this album, when I listen to this, I also listen to Dark Throne Soul Side Journey a lot around the same era, and I own that on vinyl, Flex, and, um, uh, there's just something about this atmosphere that I, I, I love, about the technicality and the darkness and the, um, the, maybe the attention to thrash and the influence of thrash still and the production just this is a this is beautiful metal to me this is what keeps me going as a fan is albums like this man that guitar solo was amazing right there that we just mm-hmm. listened to yeah this this is one of the crown jewels of my collection right here great album for death metal fans if they want to pursue the thrash uh, influence on on uh, what would come later I think you know like for me it's like I've said before thrash to me was uh, almost like after I got into death metal, just because I got into death metal in the mid to late 90s when everything was full-blown guttural and, you you know, you death metal and thrash metal were two totally different animals by then, you know? So you get into thrash metal and the gateway bands a little later, you know? Right. But, yep, Destruction, man, release from Agony. Do it. Well, it'll ring, ring out a little bit? Yeah, I'm going to yeah. record for a bit. Yeah, you guys, if you guys aren't into this, man, you might, might get some of this. This is good shit. I've yeah. never heard of it before. Or, like, yeah, I never got into them. I was really, uh, that, that reminded me of, uh, of that guitar playing. That almost reminded me of, like, some of that, some, like, Deicide-style guitar leaves. You see, know? you see what I mean? It's, there's, like, yeah. there's something about this album that's, like, it's it's almost like, like death metal, you know, and, and a lot of the guitars, you know? Yeah. That's like a death metal riff. Mm-hmm. As far as I'm concerned, you know, it makes me wonder. It's it all, and with it, the vocals too. It almost sounds like je- like death, like Chuck. You know, it's yeah. Makes me wonder how much influence this this might have had on the on the, on the band Death, because yeah, Spiritual I, Healing, I think, was might have been '88 or '89. So I think it was '88. '88. So then after that would have been what? Human, human, and then Symbolic. Yeah. Symbolic was '92, I think. Yeah, I could, I could be totally wrong. With those numbers so I think it's the drums the, the way the guy something about the drums I think is what gives me the dark throne the way the, the, the rhythms and the technicality So t- Tim, what is this? It's the wedge. The wedge the by wedge Dick Dale. By Dick Dale. All right, Peter Dick Dale. The the, uh, the listeners realize we we record and then there's a few weeks uh, delay till the episode comes out. But Dick Dale just passed away a few days ago. All right, Peter Dick Dale. So this is a very timely choice. Guitar playing is just 
it's mystifying. It's it's worldly in a lot of ways. I try to imagine myself, you know, being there in '63. This must have sounded like death metal. Almost, yes. You know, like yeah. Wow. A lot. You know, people are. I want to hold your hand and got the Beach Boys. Of course, we're influenced by Dick Dale, but this is just all out riffing. Yeah. Surf music has always been so fucking cool. And There's some uh, surf that's really heavy. Yeah, man. Mm. And I, I, you know, the influence that surf music has had on punk, hardcore, and, yeah, uh, you know, obviously Agent death Orange. metal and black yeah, metal. Yeah. I think, you know, in recent years, the influence that it had, the, or the, simula- the similarities that surf music has had with black metal by way of, like, tremolo picking and things has become kind of a meme. You see mm. people on the internet and on social media joking around about it, but, you know, it, don't let that detract from the actual influence i mean this is a you know this is amazing technicality there's amazing uh, uh you know craft right here this, this. yeah i mean uh, throughout surf music you do find those similarities you know you have uh, you know progressing progressing minor chords throughout both surf and black metal music mm-hmm. but i mean like i would la- i'd rather listen to this than a lot of the black metal i hear coming out because this is man listen to listen to the way he's picking this and yeah like, and uh, you know just just on that that tip of it be becoming kind of like a joke, it's like, well, you know, surf music is sick and black metal is sick, so exactly. you know, I guess yeah. I guess it's kind of funny, but it's also just you know, like, yeah, that they they sound kind of similar in the way the guys play the, the riff. What you know, what do you want? Thank it's, you. It's 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 well, that's it's YouTube humor. It's yeah, like that, I know, I know, I you know. know it's uh, most of it's not funny. It's just. You know, you have two things, and they're just, uh, isn't that funny? Uh, hey. Hey, look at this. I, I, I made a joke. Yeah, guess what? There's surfing, and then there's metal, and no, those things don't go together. Whoa. Yeah, oh, you, know. you know, water's kind of like seltzer. Yeah. It's pretty funny. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Can't surf in the snow. Yeah, man. Um, it's more Dick Dale uh, Nitro is a good one from the 90s. I feel like I need to listen to more surf music in my life, especially as the weather's getting nicer. Oh, yet. for sure. The, the technique, you could tell, is this, oh the, my God, he's on, hiding so much, like, or not hiding at all behind any sort of tone at all. This guy could smoke a yeah. lot of metal guitars. Yeah, Leo Fender built him a 100-watt amp because nothing was loud <laughs> enough. He had the first 100-watt amp. My uncle he's told me that he went and saw him in the, in the 90s and said yeah. it was the loudest it was concert. He was so loud. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That's, which is, that's great. I'm all bad. <laughs> this shit is metal. Come on. Let's, yeah. well, you know, why are we splitting hairs here? This is metal. Surf music is metal. Stop. It belongs in the heavy hole. Yeah. There's definitely a, a portal from the heavy hole into surf music. It's great shit, man. That's fucking raging. Wait, was he one of those guys who played the guitar backwards? He flipped it, yeah. yeah. He influenced Hendrix. Hendrix used to go see him at the Santa Monica Ballroom or someplace. And he didn't even change his strings around, though. Yeah, so yeah. He, yeah. I'm looking at him play yeah. right now. And he's his, totally his ass backwards. Yeah. <laughs> you have no idea. Wait, he yeah. the neck around, which is funny, too. Well, That's it looks like this great. is a lefty he just flipped in the 90s. <laughs> but the strings are the same. We're going to gauge it. The, yeah, style. he plays on like 150 gauge strings or something. <laughs> Guys, just carrying the whole song by guitar the way some people carry a song rapping or singing. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's, it's really amazing. This uh, music video for Nitro is definitely the precursor for that System of a Down video for Toxicity. With all the. See that shit? <laughs> I mean, amongst other things. He probably shot on himself and. <laughs> and it's Winnebago, like on tour. You know. And this is Nitro by Dick Dale. Yeah. 
bourbon. Wow. R.I.P. to uh, Dick Dale. Yeah. Wow. And uh, and uh, stop making fun of surf music, you know. <laughs> like, like, yeah, the guy moves his fingers the same way as the black metal guys do. It's, it's like we get it, we get it, okay, guys. Social media guys with scarves on and stuff. I'm just gonna play us out on some destruction. Yeah, take take us take us home on some destruction. So, we learned so much tonight um, about the Record Reserve Record Store on Main Street in Northport. We learned about uh, Smut, um, uh, a very early uh, extreme band. I'm not even going to put a label on it. Just an extreme band from upstate New York uh, that is still uh, languishing in obscurity, and um, you have to you have to you have to dive into the depths of the underground just to, just to obtain this. So uh, if you want to get that Smut Don't Die CD, you can get in touch with Record Reserve. Look look them up online. Look up Discogs. And um, we talked about Destruction, we talked about Ed Gain, the band, we talked about surf music, we talked about a lot of crazy shit. Tim, thank you so much for joining us and uh, coming down to the Heavy Hole studio tonight, man. Thank we really you, appreciate man. it. Thank you so much. Yeah, man. Yeah. I, I, I hope to see you soon uh, on your territory when I'm buying some records. All right, man. I'll catch up there. Yeah, yeah we'll, man. We'll, next time we go, to the, we'll, when we go to the store, we'll post some, uh, we'll do some social media stuff so you can check out the inside and you know. Make yeah. Sure, well, it's also Record Reserve on Instagram, correct? Right. Right. Yep. If you haven't yep. done that already, get on it. One word. Yeah, we, it would be cool to take some pictures there and show um, some of the listeners that aren't from Long Island in New York what the store looks like. And our listeners who are on Long Island, if you do stop by the store, tell them that the Heavy Hole Podcast sent you, all right? So uh, Tim knows that, that somebody listens, and it's not just us <laughs> in the basement, man, hanging out. <laughs> These guys are weird. They had me come down to the basement, and they, and they talk, talked about the record store. Tim, thanks a lot for your time. Our record store day is Saturday, April 13th this year. Okay, so uh, you know, get out, get out, and support Tim at Record Reserve or wherever you're at your local record store. Buy vinyl, buy underground metal vinyl, preferably, but whatever you like. It could be surf music or it could be uh, UK folk or, or whatever, man. All right. Yeah, and um, make sure you follow Heavy Hole Podcast on Twitter at Heavy Hole Pod, uh, the Instagram uh, Heavy Hole Podcast on Instagram. On Facebook, it's just the Heavy Hole Podcast. And shoot us a Gmail at heavyholepodcast.com or leave us an angry voicemail at six three one. Eight three seven three two seven four. Yes, and uh, Tim, is there anything you want to plug for for the record store? Any any contacts or anything? You know, you, you just want to say peace to anybody. You're good. I think I'm all right. Yeah. All right, man. <laughs> so, yeah, Tim, Tim's ready to get back online, man. Sort out business. All right, so go visit Record Reserve uh, Record Store and check out Smut Don't Die if you can find it. We're the Heavy Hole Podcast, and we appreciate you listening. Peace. Thank you. Good night. What's the meaning of my life?